Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. You're listening to the PCB 2021 Conference and Convention, and we have some pre-conference entertainment from Melissa Carney. Everything is all right now. 
Gentlemen, Melissa Carney will perform our national anthem, immediately followed by Jacqueline Wissinger with the conference invocation. Fools pass stripes and bright spots Through a perilous fight Around us we watch We're so gallantly streaming And the rockers echo Bursting in keep cool the night, 
I really enjoyed that music. And now, this is the time for us to observe a moment of silence so that we may contemplate PCB and the good endeavors that we are striving for and to ask blessings on this conference. So we'll do that now. Thank you. Hello, all. I call this meeting to order. This is the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind Conference and Convention for the year 2021, and it's September 16th. I'm Chris Hunsinger, your president. As the president of PCB, I want to thank everybody who has registered for this conference and convention for being here, and I also want to thank the um, conference team for creating this program, and we hope that you have as much good from this as uh, as participants as the team had working on it. Um, particularly, Sue Lichtenfeld really drove that team to get everything done that we needed to get done. And um, it, was, um, it was a real honor to have that group working together because we really did a lot, of, uh, a lot of things this year that were kind of innovative. Before I actually talk about the conference itself, I want to talk about PCB, the organization. PCB is a peer-based group. That means we need your help and your time. Um, not necessarily your money, but we'd like some of your time. That means volunteering for parts of the organization. Um, we want you as peers and members to help PCB grow to be stronger throughout the state and uh cast our net further if possible. We want you to tell us what you would like PCB to do. A little more of this, a little less of that, a lot more of this, a lot less of that, whatever. What do you feel strongly about? Would you like us to do more um, more uh, work with um, special interest groups throughout the state? Do you want to make a team commitment for a long time or do you have a project that you would like to help a team solve and you know that that team's interested in that project? Would you like PCB to organize social hours? Would you like some kind of discussion group that we're not already having? Uh, many people say that the first step to um, activism is to get involved on a local level. And that sort of usually whets people's appetites because small groups are easier to move than large groups. And once you get confident about a small group, you may feel that you can actually get in touch with a larger group and make a difference. You can touch your community in many ways. Um, and so PCBs out there to be willing to help you do that. Um, the state can help you in a local way. Um, for instance, if you want to do something with community organizations, the state organization can help them understand what accessible places and accessible documents might be and how to actually get them. Can we help with 
anything else uh, along that line. Other ways PCB can help you. We could possibly, you, you might learn from your peers by being a part of the PCB chat list. We could have different kinds of virtual meetings. They could be fun meetings. They could be educational meetings. They could be advocacy meetings or any other kind of meeting that you can think of. Um, we encourage you to talk to Melissa Carney. She's already said that um, her information is out there on the uh, PCB office website, uh, and certainly she gives that information out as freely as you know can be, so I'm, I'm not going to say it again. She'll be here tomorrow and Saturday, and she'll be able to do that for you. Um, now, what I also want to do is to talk about this conference. Although we are a blindness community, and, and we're right here, we're all parts of many other communities, and we can reach out to those communities. Um, they might be our neighborhood. They might be our street. They might be our city. They could be our state. They might be our church. They might be our ethnic or racial group. But all of those groups and communities are people that we can reach out to. We don't often think that, or I think that it happens that many times people who are um, part of a blindness group don't think about the other parts of the world that they can touch more. And I think that's one of the things about that volunteer panel that will be coming up. We'll be seeing how people can reach out into other parts of the community. There might be special interest groups that you'd like to be part of and we're just a little bit hesitant to do. Um, but those kinds of things are the ways that we can reach out and be parts of other communities. We need to understand that we need to reach out and we need to invite them in. And that's both, both, that door swings both ways. Um, and we shouldn't be discouraged if we invite people to us and they sort of hesitate for a while because after all, we are a little bit different according to some people. Um, we could reach out to other parts of the community by volunteering. Maybe in some times in instances, you've been part of a phone tree for a church group or whatever. Um, you could make your activity at church or at any other organization that you go to um, be a positive, um, a positive way of looking at um, yourself as an individual and not just a blind person. Please avoid discouragement. Remember, we go there, they come here. Eventually, we may actually get to know some people we never thought we would get to know. And after all, reaching out to others um, is always a way to learn. And them reaching towards us will teach them something about us. And you know that we always fear the unknown. And maybe people just don't know who we are, but let's let them. We've had ways in recent months, especially since the pandemic, of reaching out to other parts of the community 
and them reaching to help us, whether it was getting our groceries delivered by a volunteer group because uh, we couldn't get to the grocery store anymore, or whether it was um, be- being part of a, uh, a group that was a, a neighborhood group discussion or a phone tree group to see how people are. Um, we need to, we've found that there are other ways that we have indeed connected with the rest of, uh, of uh, Pennsylvania. And we know that we um, can grow those relationships. Even that whole thing about trying to get a a, uh, COVID shot, probably there were people who never um, thought that they would be involved with a, a particular group of people, but that was the group that was working out the COVID shots, so they got involved with them. Um. So all I have to say about this is this conference is about reaching out and bringing in and working together. So let's all reach, expand, and strengthen the community through unity. I'm going to begin by reading the names of those who have passed. Uh, There are quite a few names this time. It's been a difficult we'll say almost two years now. So I'll read the names first. Gil Bush, Golden Triangle, Bill Davis, Cumberland County, Anthony Vansick, Golden Triangle, Patricia Hayes, Washington County, Sharon Hollenbach, Washington County, Charles W. Billy Horn, Washington County, Harry J. Joe Williams, Washington County, Matthew Shantz, Lehigh Valley, Judy Shell, Hank Bloomberg, Frank Finna, Washington County. So, as I said, it's been a very difficult year. And in times of difficulty, we need to find ways to cope with stress and to find peace and to keep ourselves going and find ways to to have hope. I have collected a few little nuggets, little sayings, little um, writings that are positive. And uh, some of them, um, some of them are, may seem, seem kind of silly, but they're true. This first one, is it is the song make new friends and keep the old one is silver and the other is gold uh i wanted to say here that you know look we i called them little nuggets of truth as i was thinking about this and um for me um i'm a christian i'm a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints so for me i find solace and comfort in prayer and in scriptures, both ancient and modern. Um, And so I will go on. Um, We all have different beliefs. And so, so the things that I'm sharing are from different places. Uh, the, The next one is 
Sarah Teasdale poem that we memorized when we were in school called The Coin. Into my heart's treasury, I slipped a coin that time cannot take, nor a thief purloin. Oh, better than the minting of a gold-crowned king is the safe-kept memory of a lovely thing. And then there's a uh, book by Khalil Gibran. It's The Prophet. And I remember, I remember Chris reading something from The Prophet when we were kids in school. And she had to do the announcements in chapel. But this is, this is what I found. In the sweetness of friendship, let there be laughter and much of pleasure. For in the dew of little things, the heart finds its morning and is refreshed. And now I'm going to close with a few verses from, it's from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Well, I've had my time to speak, and so now it is a time for silence to reach within ourselves to find that which brings us peace and helps us cope and gives us gives us the strength to to go on to be the people that we need to be and to do the things that we need to do so i'll just give you a couple of moments to do that now thank you Marianne Grignon is our first vice president of PCB. She lives in Florida. Um, she's also a member of PAGDIS and an officer in that group. And that's the guide dog um, a special interest affiliate. And she um, is a vendor in South Florida. So, Marianne, you can definitely take it away and tell everybody okay. what you're what your project is. Okay. Good evening, PCB peers and ACB family. Um, as Chris said, I'm Marianne Grignon, um, first vice president of um, PCB and the, the leader of also the leader of the fund development team. Um, I'm here tonight with, we're, we will have with us three extraordinary crafters who are going to talk to us about how they create what they create and how they've made it accessible to themselves as crafters with vision loss. Um, we'll, we're waiting for one more panelist. Um, I'll just um, put a plug in for a project that the um, fund development team is um, attempting to get off the ground, and it's going to kind of depend on you, PCB peers, because our pilot is um, specifically um, attempt. We're specifically attempting to draw in PCB first before we go nationwide. Um, we're we're trying to get crafters from PCB 
um, quality crafters to think about selling their wares um, on Etsy. The PCB would administrate the page and do all the hard work. We would just need you to send us, you know, to, to prepare your crafts and send us pictures and descriptions. And um, we would pretty much do the rest. So I wrote an article for the advocate and did a pitch for this a um, few months back. Maybe it was the spring advocate and didn't get any response from, from our peers here, but I, I know that that was probably just an oversight on your part. So I know that if I talk about it now, and if you hear these awesome crafters and what they do with their crafts and whatnot, it'll inspire you to contact me and let me know that you are um, a quality crafter who would like to have this opportunity to make a little bit of money and um, sell your crafts um, through Etsy. Um, we don't have a start date because we're waiting for a pool of crafters. So, um, you know, give me a call if you're interested or email me. Um, most of you know how to reach me, but it's Marianne Grignan is my name and my phone number is 570-807-1276. And my email address is M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-A. So it's Marianna0407 at gmail.com. Um, and you'll probably hear that a few more times during this um, conference and convention. So again, you quality crafters looking for a place to um, sell your wares, um, give me a call and, and let's see what we can do to help. We're calling our project Craftability right now. Um, without further ado, allow me to introduce the um, three extraordinary panelists that we have here tonight. We have Kayla Allen who is an assistive technology and activity facilitator with Future Insight and a volunteer with the American Council of the Blind. In both of these roles, she facilitates and organizes craft events for those with vision loss held on the Zoom platform. Aside from crafting and volunteering, Kayla enjoys spending time outdoors with her husband and two children, riding bikes, and having picnics at the park are two of their favorite pastimes. Next, we have Annie Panetta, who is a mom of three and a licensed massage therapist, herbalist, and prenatal to postpartum doula. She is the owner and operator at AP Body Therapy, where she creates handmade craft, handcrafted soaps and bath products. Um, last but certainly not least, we have Michael Grove, who has been creating pottery for almost seven years. But he began crafting at a very early age when he was in high school and taking lots of art classes and working in their woodshop. In the 70s and 80s, he did a lot of painting and sketching, something he really enjoyed. When his vision began, when he began to experience vision loss, he took that opportunity to try his hand at ceramics and has been loving it ever since. Michael creates sculptural and functional pieces. Some of us have experienced those pieces in um, as he's donated some to auctions, and some of us have actually just purchased from him. So they're, um, to understand, extremely beautiful. Um, so functional pieces that he sells at fine art shows, through home sales, 
and in a few local shops where he's permitted to put his pieces for consignment. So without further ado, if we could begin with Kayla so she could talk to us about how she creates what she creates. Hi. Um, so a lot of what I do is um, teaching other individuals with blindness and visual impairments to do crafts themselves. Um, it's really hard for me because a lot of um, the instructions and stuff like that are not accessible to people who are visually impaired. I can't just go on Pinterest and look at pictures and be like, okay, that's a good idea. Let me create that um, without someone cited describing it to me. So one of my biggest goals is to, um, I actually have two goals. Um, but my first goal is to make crafting accessible so that um, I can go through, find someone who is cited or come up with a project and create that. Um, a lot of times we put kits together and we use tactile markings on those kits. Depending on the project we're working on, um, I will say um, last month I did a tactile art class where we did a beach scene. And so for that, I, um, I used sandpaper for the sand of the beach. And I used wavy paper that I cut out with a die cut machine to make waves. And then we used tissue paper, like a light blue tissue paper for the sky. And that was our background. So every element of that had a different texture to it, as, long, as well as the, you know, the water was blue, the sky was light blue, and the sand was sand colored. And then I also took, um, um, I use a die cut machine a lot, and it's a Civic, so it's manual. I can do it independently. And so I incorporate that into a lot of our crafting. So for this one, I took that sandpaper again, but I took a, um, a, a, uh, a smaller grit sandpaper, and I cut sand castles out on it. So the individuals in the class could take their sand, they had different elements, a sand castle, an umbrella, a boat to put out in the water, clouds that we made out of um, um, cotton balls, and then a die-cut sun. And so they were able to take all these elements and put them into their picture once we got the background done wherever they would like so that it was their own art, but it had some sort of a guidance and sticky tapes and things like that on it. So they had some sort of a guideline of doing that. Um, Another um, like adaptation I make is when I'm painting, I do watercolor paints and acrylic painting. Um, I will not say I'm very good at it, but I enjoy it. And that's a big part of crafting is doing something you enjoy. Um, there is a lot of like, um, uh, how do I want to word it? <clears throat> Mental health benefits to crafting. And that's where my second goal comes into place is, um, just making the awareness out, putting the awareness out there that we aren't just doing crafts to pass the time, that w a lot of times we do crafting because it helps with our, um, our mind, you know, it helps us keep active. It helps us stay, um, confident in ourselves and have a sense of accomplishment and things like that. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. I'm not sure if you want me to keep going now or give others an, a chance to talk, and then I can add more later. It's kind of up to you. 
Um, tell us, tell us a little bit about your favorite craft. Like, what is it that you? What What is it that does your? Is it crafting in general that um, that um, advances your mental health, or do you have a favorite craft? Like, I like to crochet because it keeps. It's like my, that's my mental health thing. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So crochet is my default. That's my, I got this. I've been doing it a long time. I can sit there mindlessly, put on a book or a movie or, you know, sit and have a conversation with people in crochet. Um, but I also enjoy a challenge. So um, there's times where I will sit there and I'll look at a pattern and go row by row because it's a a lot more in-depth pattern, and I enjoy that too. So I enjoy both parts. Um, Like I said, I've really gotten into painting. Um, Crochet, I've been doing that since I was in high school. Prior to that, I made a lot of pine needle baskets. Um, Mm -hmm. When I had more vision, I would draw in color. Um, I really liked to draw when I was younger, and that's something I can't really do as much now. So I'll make the designs with the wiki sticks, and then I, um, I'll paint it. Oh, that's a and very then, neat adaptation. And then I also use washi tape a lot um, to, like, mark off areas where I may not want paint, or um, I also use it when I'm putting together a kit to help orient people because it's tactile. So you can put it on even a piece of paper, and take it off, and it doesn't lo- leave residue, and it doesn't um, it doesn't ruin your paper at all either. Well, that's so really I that's used, awesome. Yeah, so my two tips for <laughs> would definitely be the wiki sticks, which can stick to almost anything. They do leave a tiny bit of a residue because they are made out of wax, and the washi tape. Um, and I use that all the time in different um, in different uh, mediums. And where do you get your um, patterns for crocheting? Where could people with vision loss find patterns? Um, so I've gotten a lot of my books off of Bookshare. Um, I love Bookshare. <laughs> okay. And they have all types of crafting um, books. And a lot of times I will just type in to a Google search. If I'm looking for something specific, say I'm looking, I want to crochet a heart. Um, I will go to Google. And I will type in free crochet pattern for a heart. Okay. And then I um, I go through them that way. And then once I find one that I, I it sounds like I like it, I read through the patterns because I can't see the picture. So I kind of read through the patterns. And with crochet, I've been crocheting quite a long time. So I kind of can build it in my brain while I'm reading through the instructions a little bit. I am not 100%. Sometimes I'll get halfway through a project. And I'm like, this is not what I thought it was going to look like. Um, <laughs> but that's the uh, challenge. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then I typically will take those and I'll copy the web page, um, like just the text. Fun. Put it in a And fun. then I, yep, I put it into a Word file and then I delete all the extra stuff out that I don't need to add the right. extra notes, things like that. Right. So then when I go to sit down um, and I always make sure I put a link to that pattern as well on the document. So if someone's like, oh, I really like this. Where's this, you know, where'd you find that pattern? Or can I have that pattern? I send them the link to the pattern um, because there's copyright laws and things like that. And I don't want to do any file sharing and things like Mm -hmm. that. So I always make sure I keep a link with my patterns. That's awesome. 
Well, those are awesome techniques, and we probably will get back to you. But thank you. Okay. That those are great, um, great adaptations. <clears throat> um, we'll move on to Annie, who is our soap and bath and body. I've been looking forward to hearing about this soaps and bath and body product maker. Hello, um, welcome, Annie. Thank you, for, thank you for um, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I am um, just, you know, kind of as uh, Marianne, as you said before, I am first and foremost a mom of three, two of which are, you know, still um, teenagers. And um, that is kind of where my whole journey began. If, um, you know, if I can talk about that for just a second. Sure. Um we had um, kids with varying special needs and um, a lot of soaps and bath and body products come with um, a lot of unwanted chemicals. And it, a lot of it's changed in the past 12 years, but it, it's um, there's still quite a bit there. And so that was kind of what led me to start building um, on my skills as a soap maker or, you know, crafter. Um, so, you know, all the, the whole massage therapy and being a mom and a doula and an herbalist, they all kind of come in to bring out that side of me. And, um, so aside from music and the, the yarn arts, because I'm a crocheter and a knitter and a knitter myself, I love those things. I've been doing them for quite some time as well. Um, but soap making and, and, um, making that natural bath and body products. Um, I've been doing that for about 12 years now. A lot of what I learned came by way of books and YouTube videos, but I think most of my experience has been really trial and error. Um, I'm a homeschool mom. And so one of the things that I tell my children is experience teacher even if it means making mistakes and I will tell you that soap making is no different um I will tell you I'll give you an example so for I learned the importance of a level surface <laughs> so here goes my story time uh one fine summer day after having uh processed a beautiful smooth nine by 13 inch batch of lavender mint soap um, and having placed said finished batch on, um, on the, it was a slide out, uh, cutting board, you know, that, that, you know, they come out from under the counter. I don't even know if they do make them like that anymore, but, uh, it was uneven cause it was old. And, it, <laughs> um, but I turned around to answer my, my husband's question. And as I opened my mouth to speak, my words were absorbed by a thud. And my breath quickly reversed itself into a gasp as realization struck me. For you see, my beautiful batch of soap. Aww. Did I mention it was beautiful? Yes, and smooth. And, smooth, and, and 9 by 13. <laughs> And it landed face down on my kitchen oh. floor. Oh. So uh, that's one of the things I love about working with soap, though, is that it's really easy to clean up. It's clean. <laughs> right? Exactly. And so was my floor when I 
oh, I don't know, 10 minutes until my toddlers wandered over, but you know, that's me. Um, but I um, have learned to, um, I've learned to check surfaces and I don't set a soap down on an uneven surface. So that's one of the experiences that I had. Um, but that leads me into adaptations and, you know, cause feeling for things and being totally blind, I'm sure is we can all understand. It doesn't come without its challenges, but we can adapt our crafts and that's why we're here. Um, but what one of the, the a few of the ways that I adapt my crafts are, um, you know, using the technology that we have. And I will tell you that when making soaps, candies, um, bath products, a talking thermometer is a godsend. It is invaluable tool for so many things, but especially when it comes to making. Um, mixing up, you know, lye and, um, you know, melting oils and things like that, because it having those temperatures line up really can make or break, um, a batch of soap. And, um, the other thing that I have used in the past have been, um, things like scales, um, you know, talking scales, but I find that an old, old fashioned, um, balance scale is just it, it works so much better when it comes to getting a precise measurement because this, the talking scales so digitally tend to be a little bit um off and and depending on how well you know how to use a, a balance scale it can do the same thing but i feel like i can reach and i can touch the arrow and find out if it's exactly in the middle um where i need it to be so that i can make the right judgments for the batches of soap that, that I, um, you know, that I'm trying to work with or the oils that I'm trying to work with. Um, and then also getting to know your products. You know, if you, if you know that you've had somebody read it or maybe you call, um, Ira or you call, um, it was like be my eyes or something like that. And you get the ounces that are on the bottle then you know, uh, volume wise what it is, but, but weight wise, you want an accurate measurement. Um, it does make a huge difference. So um, the other thing that I wanted to touch on is that some people will recommend cutting holes in rubber gloves or safety gloves when you're working with lye and other soap ingredients. But I feel like that really defeats the purpose of wearing them at all. Um, so what I do is I use nitro gloves and I the ends tight across my fingers so that I can feel the change in consistency or in um, temperature easily. The only thing that I would not recommend putting your fingers into by any means, I would strongly advise against putting your fingers in, in, in lye mixture um, because when lye is combined with water, and by the way, um, if you haven't made soap before, one of the cardinal rules of soap making is never ever to pour water into lye it's always the opposite you always pour the lye into the water otherwise you get a volcano effect believe me i will tell you from experience it is not fun it is not cool it's very hot um, mm. um so please use the probe from the thermometer um because when light combines with water, it can not only temperature burn you, but it can chemically burn you as well. 
So you don't want to be messing with that. Um, and then, you know, you just, you can, you know, if you, if you get a little bit on your, on your gloves or on your, even your skin, just to touch it, it's not going to hurt you too badly. I've learned to keep a um, mixture of Dawn dish soap, vinegar, and water so that if anything does spatter on me, I can um, quickly neutralize that and, and get it, you know, not or you know, before it has a chance to burn me. But, um, good tip. That's, uh, those are my, thank you. Those are my, um, my tips for, for that. And then the last and not least is probably, um, like most cooks, chefs, you know, you write your recipes on braille plastic, poly sheets, thermoform paper, just so that whatever you have can be read easily and can be wiped off if you need to wipe it off. Um, the only thing with thermoform paper, don't get lie on it because the acid will ruin it. But, um, but you know, if you've got oil on your hands or something, you can always wipe that off later, put a little bit of baking soda to break up the oil and get that clean again. Because I've tried it with paper, and when your paper dissolves, it's really hard to reheat, believe me. So, um, yeah, now I'll move on to um, the selling. So we do sell my, my products um, you know, to friends and, and local community people, my family and I kind of, um, come together and, and, um, you know, we, we work together to sell those products and, um, we've done craft shows and bazaars and even like fundraisers for church, for our church and, um, local community, um, events. So those are always fun. And we have, we have a good time with that, um, we, you know, we work together to kind of, you know, the, the kids who are excited help with the color coordinations and things like that. And it, it's, we have a lot of fun with it. I'm also working on uh, getting a website built up and I'm hoping that will be done within the next couple of weeks, but it's, we've had a couple of setbacks. So, um, well, you'll have to but, let us know what that website is when you get it up and running so we can all look at it and, you know, participate. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I, uh, so give me just a second. I'm sorry. Um, so one of the things that we do when we transport our, our items, I bought one of those, we used to take them to summer camp, you know, they're kind of like foot lockers and they have like a, a wheel on the, or, you know, a couple wheels on the bottom. Um, and we kind of put, um, Honey, um, honeycomb dividers in them to hold the bottles and jars, and that works out really well for that. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, so we we have those, and then I use like cupcake stands to display stuff and um and make that work. And and that's something that we have we have fun setting up because my my daughter likes to you know, really organized stuff. And she's, she's really good at that. And she's also the one who helps me take pictures of um, the the products because being totally blind, I will tell you (laughs) pictures, photographs of not my strong suit. So um, she helps me. I mean, I can do it. I'll, I'll put out like a, you know, white sheet and hit that for a background and then kind of do the document photo type thing where you hold the camera a few feet away. But that's about as strong as my photo skills get. Well, we'll, that's those are awesome tips and we will probably get back to you um um 
but we'll move um, to Michael so we can give him some time to talk about his yeah, pottery, we'll- but we'll, we'll have a Q and a when we're um, done and I'm sure we'll get back to you, Annie. Thank you so much for the great mm-hmm. tips. Uh, hi, this is Ed Facemeyer from the Philadelphia Regional Chapter. I have a question for Annie and possibly our other presenter. Uh, how do you market your uh, product? Um, um, thanks for your question. Yeah, marketing uh, comes in, in a, you know, a lot of different ways. Um, I tend to do a lot of word of mouth, but there's also um, – I have had um, Facebook – pages and, and things like that and those tend to get a lot of likes but I haven't had a lot of um, you know purchases or things like that so people do see them but I don't I don't know how well that's working other than that um, just kind of t- telling people about their products I have a lot of people who come up and, and will ask me certain things about you know what works for this how do I do that and I, I you know tend to just uh, I'm able to tell them um, what products I have available that might help their situation. Thank you, Annie. Uh, my name is Mike Grove. Uh, I have uh, Blind Mike's Pottery. Everybody gets a chuckle out of that. But, uh, you know, hey, it identifies the uh, work as being uh, created by somebody with a visual challenge, and that's the reason I chose it. Um, I... I started with this about seven years ago while I was going to community college locally. And it was funny because when I tried this in high school back in 10th grade, which was many moons ago, uh, I couldn't even make an ashtray. So about seven years ago, they, they told me I needed an art class in, in college. And I always liked art, but I hadn't been involved in anything artistic for quite a while because of vision loss. And you know, they tell me, well, you know, well-rounded education, you have to have a little bit of music, you have to have a little bit of art. And I'm like, okay, so they gave me the ceramics class. Well, I walked in there the first day, and I have to say we had a pretty good uh, instructor. He he handed me a ball of clay and said, we're going to make a pinch pot today. And he said, you stick your thumb in the middle of that, don't go the whole way through, and you just start to pinch it. And as you go around, it comes up, and you can reverse your fingers and go the go keep going, and it'll end up closing, and it turns into a ball. And but it was hollow. And I went, oh yeah, okay, big deal. He goes, oh no no no. He said it's got pressure inside there now, so it'll be harder to collapse. So now you can take a paddle and you can change its shape and and smack it around and. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, let's see. And I'm smacking around, and all of a sudden, I had a red, delicious apple in my hand. And I mean, it had a stem on top of it, and it had five bumps on the bottom, and there was no way anybody would not know that was an apple. And I went, oh, my God, it turned into something. Give me another piece. So I grabbed another piece, and I'm standing there, and I'm just kind of tapping it back and forth in my hands, and I've got no idea what it's go- what I'm going to make. And all of a sudden, I stopped and I looked at it and I said, oh, that's what you want to be? Okay. I pulled up two ears and pulled the tail around and ended up with a cougar laying there, uh, you know, and it looked like what it was supposed to be. Well, it hasn't stopped. So, you know, we throw, I throw on the wheel and they call it throwing because you take the ball of clay and throw it down in the center of the wheel and then hit the pedal to make it turn and center it and open it up and make it into a mug or a bowl or 
a platter or, you know, whatever, but I still like the sculpture end of it too, because that's, you know, that's where my, some of my creativity comes from. Although, you know, the process of making anything from a coffee mug that you attach a handle to or a large cookie jar. I have two of those right now. One of them's finished. Uh, the wife wanted one that was an elephant. So we have an elephant cookie jar. And the one I just finished, she decided I should make a squirrel. And the head should be the lid. And he should be holding a chocolate chip cookie in his hands. Well, he's downstairs. He's bisque now, which is the first firing. And when the glaze gets applied, he'll be fired again at a higher temperature and then he'll be finished so he'll be a pretty good sized cookie jar that's a squirrel holding a chocolate chip cookie um kind of cute i wish i had some vision to use because you know it's it's kind of hard to remember all the colors and you know how they react because part of the fun is putting one on top of another and then they mix in the in the kiln and come out with different effects and it's not like mixing paint so you don't know what's going to happen until it comes out but uh, you know it's all food safe it's all dishwasher and some of the stuff we make you can even use in the oven I just tell people you got to put it in the cold oven and heat it with the oven as opposed to running the oven up to 400 degrees and throwing it in there, you have a good chance of shocking the stoneware and, and cracking it. So you wouldn't want your pie all over the bottom of your oven. You want it to stay in the pie shell. So, you know, you just put it in while it's cold and your mac and cheese comes out beautiful. But, you know, it's it's been a process. My instructor was really cool. Um, his his attitude dealing with me being blind was pretty awesome. Once I knew my way around the studio, once I had an idea of, you know, how each of the tools you handled worked and how to, how to, you know, use them, he just left me go. And he figured whatever I needed to do, I could do. You know, it wasn't like, you know, oh, well, you can't do that. You you know, because you can't see. He just figured I could do it. And if in the case that it was something I couldn't do, then we'd have to work on finding an alternative way to accomplish the same thing. So it, that was a pretty good attitude. I like that. And uh, it didn't hold me back at all. I do, I do tend to sell a lot of my stuff from my home. I do want a website. And I've got somebody working on that, but they're so busy, it's going to take a while. I will put a word of warning out there for any of you looking into wanting your own website. There is a process going on, and a lot of it's coming out of Florida right now, where they've got attorneys that are uh, just going through, and and there's... uh, um, what's the word I want? There, there are programs online that you can use to test the accessibility and the compliance of a website. And what these attorneys are doing is suing for inaccessibility, right? Yes. Yeah. And you know, they'll send you, 
they'll send you a legal letter from their law office telling you you need to pay them $5,000 or they're going to take you to court for your website being inaccessible. Well, it might cost you $30,000 to fight that. And when it's all said and done, you pay the court cost, even if you win. You pay the court costs and the attorney doesn't pay anything. I don't know how that's fair, but they're doing this and they're they're really putting a hurting on a lot of people. So that makes me a little nervous about having a website. But my website is going to be all pictures and, you know, I'll have to have some kind of a description on the website for pictures so that people that can't see will know what it is and maybe uh, a little bit about color or you know what it is um i've got a couple of favorite things that i like to make um one of my favorite things to make is frogs now frog is spelled f-r-o-g and for those of you who don't know what that stands for it means fully rely on god and i like frogs when i was three i started collecting bugs and frogs and snakes and turtles and lizards and all of the good things that a kid runs around doing. And I remember that experience even today. I'm a good deal older than that now. And so I make frogs and I've had frogs sitting uh, on a stump. I've got a a set of four sitting on a stump playing cards and (laughs) they've got their poker chips and their little beer bottles and their little wine glasses and, you know, so on, and and they're all sitting on rocks and stumps and logs and so on around the the tree stump that is their poker table. And then I I I I thought, what am I going to do now with the frogs? I should do something different because I've got a lot of frogs that are just sitting like a frog would sit. Okay, but I got the idea. I'm going to make a frog playing a fiddle. So I made the frog. He's sitting on a hollow log. He's got a fiddle up on his shoulder. He's got a bow across the fiddle in the other hand. He's got the old floppy hat on his head and his mouth's open and he's just singing to beat the band. And I'll tell you what, it's pretty neat. And when it got done, I looked at that and I went, yeah. So now I have them playing the stand-up bass, the guitar, the banjo, one of them had a mandolin. One wasn't doing anything but stomping his feet and clapping his hands, sitting on the rock, just having a good old time listening to the ribbit band. Michael, do you have, um, how, how would we, do we just dream up what we would like you to make? And if we were your customer and you make it for us, or is there like, do you have a catalog that we can, we, we, your customers could look at? How does that work? Well, I don't have a catalog per se. Um, I put a lot of pictures on Facebook, but that doesn't help the visually impaired too much. Um, if you've got an idea, I had a guy at church come up to me a couple of years ago and he says, could you make an elephant? And I'm like, Hmm, well, probably, but I have to tell you, I don't have a clear picture in my head of an elephant anymore. I mean, I know he's got a trunk and he's got tusk and he's got pretty good sized body, but you know, I would really want to be able to get a better 
picture of what an elephant is before I sit down and do that because I don't want to do something that's so abstract. You just have to guess at what it is. Well, I found a toy at Walmart and it turned out to be on sale. Didn't know that it was only going to be $4 to start with and got up to the register. It was a buck. So it was like, okay. And it was an elephant that was only about, I'm going to say six inches long. And it had the trunk up in the air and it had the tusk and it had the mouth underneath open and it had all the muscular features, including how many toes an elephant had and a tail. It had everything I needed. And I went, Oh, okay, let's try this. So I started making elephants. That's great. And it was a process because, you know, I I thought, now how am I going to do this? So I made two bowls and, and attached them together by their rims. Then I made a third bowl and attached it by the rim up on the top end of, of one of them so that it would be the head. Of course, you know, you got to push in and, and change it so that, you know, you got the spot for the eyes and the forehead and the cheeks and so on. And then I made all the legs and the tail and the trunk and the mouth and the eyes and ears were all separate pieces that had to be attached. And I had some problems to start with learning how to scratch and slip and attach those so that they didn't separate and come off when you fired it, because if they did, it was worthless. And the next thing you know, I've got seven of these sitting on the, on the studio. (laughs) That's great. What a great story. And, and, and it was kind of cool. And, and I decided, you know, they're really awesome looking and they're hollow. So why not? I cut a slot in the top of them and made them banks. Awesome. I had a, I had a young lady in Philadelphia with the NFB asked me if I could make, she saw them at the, at a show and said, could you make me one of these red? Oh, Okay, I have to think about that because red's hard to do. So we fired at school, we fired in a gas kiln as opposed to an electric, and which is a process of reduction, which means the fire pulls the oxygen molecules from the glaze and the clay as soon as you shut all the dampers and air intake because the fire's still going. And <clears throat> if it doesn't get enough reduction, it, tur- it comes out green. But if it does get enough reduction, it comes out bright red. And that's the copper that does that to it. But so it, it's iffy. I don't want a green elephant. So I finally decided I could do it with red underglaze because it didn't need to be a finished, glossy type of piece. It just needed to be red. And that worked real well. And that's then she, awesome. she met us in the train station and <clears throat> took her took her elephant home. So that was kind of cool. So that's so, that's what we do. Okay, that's awesome. So I'm gonna um, open it up for the last four minutes to um, questions um, for any of our panelists. Joseph, if you would, by mistake made a green elephant, you could always said that, that you say it was an environmental elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that would work. Well, I could say the bank was already full of dollars, right? Right. Now all you need to do is a donkey, and then you can say you're nonpartisan. There you go. Any other questions? Well, my congrats to what you do. Thank you. Keep it up. 
Next, we have Cynthia Gibbs. This is Cynthia Gibbs Pratt. I just want to say, first of all, all of you guys are amazing, and I appreciate you. My thing is, I used to do crocheting when I was younger, but that was before my vision loss. So now I want to know how can I get back into doing crocheting with, with I have partial sighted vision. I'm legally blind. So how does that work? May I take this one? Yes, Kayla. Kayla. Yes, Kayla. I was going to ask you. Um, <laughs> so with um, ATB Crafters, um, we offer two crochet classes a month. Um, we They are the second and fourth Tuesdays of the of the month at 5 p.m. Eastern is for beginners and 6 p.m. is for more advanced students. So if you come in, you have a ball of yarn and a crochet hook. Um, I, I actually teach that class so I could get you started or back into it. And I'd be happy to do that. Is that information on the website that I can, <laughs> so I can um, get my you- stuff in? Um, you can email me at acbcrafter at gmail.com. Hold on, hold on. I okay. have to put it in my notepad. I'm sorry, I, I can't write no it worries. down I won't read it. We'll get that information to you, Cynthia, but I want to get to other people. Okay, so anyone thank else? You. You're welcome. We, we do. Yeah. We have Christine. Okay. I'm singers. Okay. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Michael, how do you get your how do you get your glaze to be even? I always would get my fingers in it and it would it was hard for me to keep it you know, nice and smooth. Well, the glaze smooths out in the kiln, but as as far as that goes, but you know, most of the glazing that I do myself is done by dunking it in a bucket of glaze. Oh, and, and they used to make me use a brush. Well, I can't see. Oh, I so, couldn't either, but they made well, me use a brush. <laughs> well, there's no there's no way I'm going to know if I missed a spot. That's a good technique, so there you go. Yeah. There you go. So, you know, it's, it's just a quick dunk, and, you know, you wax the bottom so the glaze don't stick on the bottom, and you just, you know, that's you it. Go. Cool. Um, Cynthia, are you ready to take that information? Yes. ACB, go ahead, Kayla. It's acbcrafters at gmail.com. And um, anyone who's interested in joining any classes, we offer somewhere around 15 classes per month. Okay. We have time for probably. Thank you guys for hosting this. I want to thank all three of you for coming and and giving of your time and talent. I really, we we at PCB and, and the ACB family really appreciate it. Well, you can follow me at blindmikespottery.com. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Uh Annie, and thank you, Kayla. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I appreciate it. You are welcome. Thank you. I hope everyone has a great convention. Thank you. Thursday evening announcements. Programming notes. Be advised that in addition to Zoom, most of this weekend's programming will be broadcast on ACB Media 8 and streamed on our PA Council of the Blind Facebook page. Please conduct yourself as if the world is watching. Immediately following these announcements will be door prizes. Afterwards is Jeopardy for the Common Man. Afterwards, programming closes and the ACB Media Stream will play our pre-recorded exhibits throughout the night. Friday morning, 9 a.m., Rise for a Prize, Community Coffee. 9.30, Finding Your Stride, How to Advocate for Yourself. 11 a.m., 
Building Communities Through Technology. 12 p.m. Welcome to the PCB community. This event is not being streamed on Facebook or on ACB Media 8. 1 o'clock, increasing accessibility with the Louie Voice app. 1.30, support groups, sharing resources to build a stronger peer community. 2.30, announcements and door prizes. 2.45, nurturing the handler-guide dog bond. 3.45, enabling the deafblind community with SSPs. 4.15, Gadget Gallery. 5.15 is a dinner break. Conference sponsors. As we focus our weekend on strengthening community through unity, there are many companies and organizations who have united in our efforts by providing either financial or in-kind sponsorship. PCB is grateful for the following sponsors. Community Organizers, $1,000. Tech Owl, Western Pennsylvania School for Blind Children. Community Advocates, $500. Democracy Live, Golden Triangle Council of the Blind. Vanda Pharmaceuticals. Community Supporters, $250. Bureau of Engraving and Printing. Envision America, Hank Bloomberg Chapter of PCB, Philadelphia Regional Chapter of PCB, Sites for Hope, Washington County Council of the Blind, In-Kind Contributors, ACB Media Network, Audio Description Associates, Keystone Council of the Blind, Netflix, Pennsylvania Guide Dog Users and Supporters, Stuff Puffed Marshmallows, Dozens more have contributed prizes for our annual auction or have donated their time and talents to our programming. We appreciate everyone's support. Registration office reminders. Registration is free. It's not too late to register for the conference. If you are not already registered, but you plan to attend and support the PCB auction on Sunday at 3 p.m., you need to get signed up as a bidder. It's also not too late to purchase $5 tickets for our annual 50-50 raffle to support future conference subsidies. That raffle will be drawn on Saturday evening. You need not be present to win. The registration office will be open Friday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon. Call 717-920-9999 or toll-free. 877-617-7407 or email pcboffice at pcb1.org to register, sign up for the auction, or purchase 50-50 tickets by noon Saturday. Seeking conference assistance. If during the weekend you have technical questions, such as Zoom functions, connection issues, sound quality, or the like, you may call 412-294-8077 or email techassist at pcb1.org. For general conference information or questions, email conferenceinfo at pcb1.org or call 717 920-9999 or 877-617-7407. 
Good communication practices. This year, we are offering automated captioning through Zoom for those who have difficulty hearing. As you enter the webinar, you should receive a notification letting you know that captioning is available if you wish to use it. If you select to do so, the transcripts will open in a new panel or window. For all participants, we ask that when you raise your hand, you have your question or comment ready. Make your point quickly to allow time for others to contribute. Begin your remarks by stating your name. Speak loudly and clearly throughout your remarks so they can be captioned correctly. Do your best to avoid background noise. If using a screen reader such as JAWS, please use headphones. Stay muted whenever you are not speaking. Do not speak over other people. Please be patient and respectful while others are speaking. We will all have a pleasant and productive convention if we all practice good communication skills. Exhibits. Pre-recorded exhibits will be streamed on ACB Media 8 throughout the overnight and select times when conference events are not being streamed. Please consult the schedule for breaks. Door prizes. If you have registered for the 2021 PCB Conference and Convention, your name has automatically been entered in our door prize drawing. Listen during the scheduled door prize times to see if you win. When your name is chosen, you will need to claim your prize. You will be given 15 minutes to do so. If you are present on Zoom when your name is called, simply raise your hand. If you are listening on ACB Media at the time, contact our door prize king, Will Grignon, directly at 727-564-9759 or email him at wgrignon 13 at gmail.com. Should a prize go unclaimed during the time window, both the name and the prize will go back in the pool for future drawings. Claimed prizes will be sent to the address provided during registration. Business meeting and voting. As in other years, the PCB business meeting will be held on the Saturday afternoon of the conference. This meeting is only open to paid 2021 PCB members. If you are registered for the conference but are not a paid PCB member, please do not join this meeting via Zoom. We welcome you to listen via ACB Media 8. This year, voting will be done by raising of hands. We will use the virtual hand-raising mechanism provided to all participants, regardless of whether you use a computer, smartphone, or regular phone. When an issue is brought for a vote, we will count the hands for and those raised against. If there are multiple voting members in your household, you will each need to log on through separate devices so that each of you will have a virtual hand to raise. This year, we will be electing all five officers and four board positions. The nominations team has prepared the following slate. President Chris Hunsinger, second to your term. First Vice President Mary Ann Grignon, 
second two-year term. Second Vice President, Rose Martin, second two-year term. Secretary, Jackie Wissinger, final two-year term. Treasurer, Michael Zakin, another two-year term. Directors, Bob Shingleton, second two-year term. Donald Dunn, first two-year term. Doug Hunsinger, first two-year term. Pam Shaw, first two-year term. Any 2021 paid PCB peer in good standing may be nominated from the floor and will be given two minutes to speak should they wish to accept the nomination. Let's do some door prizes. All right. Now, as explained before, I have the most up-to-date registration list, and I have an online randomizer. Um, so I'm not just picking numbers randomly. And as uh, Sue so articulately uh, set forth earlier, um, if you hear your name, if you're attending, raise your hand. And if you're listening on some other uh, streaming or um, device, uh, contact me at 727 564 9759. That's either phone call or text. 727-564-9759. Or you can email me. W-G-R-I-G-N-O-N-1-3 at gmail.com. All right, let's pick our first number. This is a $10 cash. Uh, let me just thank all our donors once more. Without them, we wouldn't have door prizes. And uh, I'd be out of a job. All right. So we had a $10 cash prize from Keystone. The number is 29. Looking at my shirt. Gigi Beatty. Beatty? Beatty? Are you in the house, Gigi? All right. Our next prize is a dollar, $20 cash prize from the Washington chapter. The number 109. Daisy Morgan. Daisy, are you in the house? All right, Daisy and Gigi, you have 15 minutes to call or text 727-564-9759 or email wgrignon13 at gmail.com. We have next a $25 Starbucks gift card. Yummy. Donated by Lynn and Kevin Shields. Thank you. The number 54. The name, Catherine Wasserman. Congratulations. Enjoy that Starbucks. All right. We next have a $15 Burger King gift certificate from the Philadelphia Regional Chapter. The number is 10. And the name is Alexander Luzier. Luzier. Anybody know Alexander? All right, Alexander, you have uh, 15 minutes to call, 727-564-9759, or email wgrignon13 at gmail.com. All right, next gift, our next door prize is a $20 Amazon gift card provided by the Hank Bloomberg chapter. Thank you very much. The number is 112. The winner, Fran Zine. Congratulations, Fran. Remember, um, winners will be uh, mailed their gift cards from the office probably next week. Our next prize is a $15 Subway gift card 
donated by PCB. The number 59. The name Kathleen Shelton. I know her. Kathleen, are you in the house? All right. All the way from Oklahoma, she comes. And our final door prize of the evening is a $20 cash prize donated by a Washington Council. I mean, chapter, thank you. And our number is 1818. And it's Arlene Shingleton. Arlene, are you in the house? All right, a house full of winners. All right, those that I called, remember, you have less than 15 minutes now to call or text 727-564-9759 or email WGRIGNON13 at gmail.com. Thank you very much, and congratulations to all our winners. Low Tech Solutions, which is about, well, we'll let Lisa Salinger, who is, um, Lisa is the um, Access Technology um, Specialist at Hadley Institute, and, and sometimes does some uh, technical instruction for people, and she enjoys spending time with family and friends and enjoying, um, enjoying uh, reading uh-huh. all kinds. And um, with um, Lisa is Julianne Lieberman. And uh, what I'm going to say about Julianne today isn't complete because she's coming back tomorrow to do more <laughs> stuff and there'll be more Julianne um, information. But she is um, the um, leader of our vision loss team and she is also on the technology access team of PCB. So she's very aware of the kinds of issues that are involved in all of these uh, different kinds of solutions, high-tech, low-tech, and no-tech solutions. So the two of them are going to uh, talk about low-tech solutions for technology. Thank you so much for that introduction. I hate writing those little bios. So I'm pleased to be here with you tonight. As a lot of you know, life really changed almost two years ago, and one of the main ways it changed has to do with how we shop. And even as we're getting back out more, that's still a problem sometimes when you can't see how do you shop. Well, to me, now, that's easy. I use Instacart, or I can use Shipt, but not everybody has a computer, And we talked about those services in a previous year. And this time we wanted to address those of you who don't have a computer or don't have a smartphone, or maybe you have one or both of those, and you just don't really feel comfortable doing that. So maybe, Julianne, you want to talk about how we go about finding um, stores and services that deliver. Sure. Um, I, you know, I give this a lot of thought. What would be the way uh, that I would do some grocery shopping? And, um, you know, especially in these tough times uh, for a lot of us, you know, I do have support here to do it. However, you know, looking at some of our, our members who are, or I should say our peers, who are at home um, and pretty much living independently, uh, I thought this is, could be a, a major problem, especially if they're not 
comfortable using assistive technology. One of the things I've noticed is um, because of our discussion calls and because of um, many ways that we try to interact with you know, PCB, interact with our peers, uh, one thing that people are, are often more comfortable with is the telephone. So I kind of focused in my research on what kind of ways can we get groceries um, that you would be able to do over the phone. And I know uh, Lisa's going to talk a little bit more about, you know, contacting your local um, grocery stores. But I, you know, right away went online and said, okay, let's see what we can do by getting some type of support for persons uh, over the phone. And two of the things that popped up right away um, are deal with seniors primarily. But anytime you see a program that, that indicates seniors, if you indicate you have a disability, such as blindness or vision loss, Frequently, you also qualify for the services. So, um, you know, don't let it, you know, if you're, if you're under the age of uh, 60 or 65, don't feel that you wouldn't be able to qualify for some of these services or take advantage of them. Um, it very likely they will include you as a person with vision loss. And so one of the first things I came across was, okay, uh, the one of the uh, programs I came up with was the Pennsylvania Senior Food Box Program. And, uh, okay, hang on, my, my, sorry, my screen is jumping all over the place. <laughs> While you're looking, I can interject. This is so cool. Uh, my parents are sighted, but they are certainly in that senior citizen category now. And I don't even know how they found out about this. And that's the thing. Julianne has provided this wonderful resource. I tacked a few little bits onto the end, but the vast majority of the work on this was hers, and kudos to her. Kudos to her. Um, but I am a senior. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> but they just get this box once a month, and they're, I guess they base it on how many are in your house, and um, they get lovely produce it comes with ice packs so that it stays uh you know it doesn't get scary um and it's wonderful and some of this like this one and and another one that you had a resource about snap yeah i'll get get to that one too Mm -hmm. are income based some are Mm -hmm. age based so Mm -hmm. you really just need to check yeah, and the, the, this, uh, the food box for seniors, uh, it comes from the Department of Agriculture. So I believe what they do is they, they get a lot of uh, the surplus of vegetables um, and some other staple products, and then they can distribute it to seniors. And uh, we do have this resource list sent to uh, the PCB office, so don't hesitate to contact the PCB office, and they'd be happy to give you this information Again, over the phone, or if you'd like to have it sent by email, you, you know, just let us know your email address, and I'm sure Autumn would be very happy to send it off, or Melissa. Anyway, let me first give you the phone number for this senior food box. It's 800-468-2433, and I'll repeat that one time, and I'll do that for each one of these phone numbers. I'll repeat it twice. 800 468 2433, and that is the, the senior uh, food box from the Department of Agriculture here in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm going to go up to the, ne- the one before that. Okay, the, uh, the supplemental nutrition program, uh, the SNAP program, 
again, uh, they do specialize in people that have, again, income um, that are low income, also uh, disabilities as well, and also aging. And their phone number is 800-692-7462. And I'll repeat it one more time. 800-692-7462. So those are programs that are specific for, again, seniors or persons with disabilities. So don't hesitate to, you know, look into this information, give them a call. Uh, from what I got feedback from uh, some of the reviews that I saw online is that, you know, they're very friendly people and they're happy to provide this type of support. You just have to contact them. Uh, that, that's what I want to tell you about that. And okay, now we'll get into grocery, grocery deliveries. Do you want to pick something up here, Lisa, first? Sure, and just understand that this is not an exhaustive oh, God, no. <laughs> list. These are representatives. Mm-hmm. So we now have some grocery delivery things, and this is representative. So if you don't find your store, your thing here, um, you can call your local grocery store and say, hey, you know, do you have this? Now, I don't know much about about this. This is kind of up near my old stomping grounds, but Julianne found this. This is called We Go Shop, and it's Carbondale, Daleville, Dixon City, Dunmore, Hamlin, Honesdale, Lake Ariel, Moscow, Mount Cobb, and Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, so the phone number for them is 570 Seven and then um, I guess there's more places covered by We Shop. It looks like here there's Waynesburg, Uniontown, Mason Town, and there's a phone number. I'll tell you, it's four one two. There you go. Great. Five two eight one five two two. Uh, so that's it for the greater uh, the western part of our state. Uh, I did see that Pittsburgh was added to it, and it is a Pittsburgh area code. So, um, and again, that if you uh, call them up, uh, they have specific stores that they work with, and they actually do go the do the grocery shopping for you and deliver it to uh, deliver it to you. I just saw an ad um, on the news, if you do the news, for uh, Giant um, also has a service. Well, uh, but it's one of those things that. You call in um, and you can get uh, your order. You know, people would shop for you and then they pick it up by car. Um, now, whether they be something that they would uh, extend to a delivery service, that would be, again, call your customer service at these uh, stores. They very likely might have it or they have a connection with a community support group that would do do that type of provision. So, don't be shy. Call your customer service. They want your business. Um, you know, and again, if you don't like the product that they end up delivering for you, um, you know, the first thing you do is to call customer service and let them know that. A lot of times stores, if it is something that was unsatisfactory, like, you know, it was overripe fruit, for example, they will replace it. So, you know, again, they want your continued business. So these are, this is one, two phone numbers for that we um, we we go shop, we walk go, or we shop go. <laughs> we go shop, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we go shop. 
There are also okay. national services. I kind of skipped to the bottom of our yeah. resource list because this seems to kind of fit better there. But there are national services that deliver locally. Mm-hmm. So I believe this is part of Uber, actually, but I'm not certain of that. You know how Uber has go-go grandparent where you can call on the phone and book an Uber ride. Uh, they also have go-go grocery. Now, I don't know a whole lot about how this works and how much it costs. You know, there are costs for some of these. Um, you know, very rarely is there a free lunch. You know, you're going to pay, if you could see, you'd be paying for your car, your gas, your insurance, mm-hmm. and your time. And so it's kind of unreasonable to expect to get, you know, your shopping for free. But you need to decide, you know, what features you want and what you're willing to pay for. So their number is, this is a toll-free number, it's 855 222 4919. So that's 855-222-4919. And then the final one that I have is uh, Instacart Senior Support, which is also for those with disabilities. And the way that this works is you will need somebody, a friend, a family member, whatever, with internet access who can create an account for you so that they can enter your credit card information and set up your account. Once your account is set up, you can call and Instacart will help place the order for you. And they cover lots of stores, um, I have more stores that they cover now that I'm in Harrisburg than when I was in Wilkes-Barre. But even then, I would say when I was in Wilkes-Barre, there were maybe 8 to 10. And down here, there's like 15 to 20. So there are quite a few. And uh, their number is 844-981-3433. Again, that is 844 844- Four nine eight one three four three three. A couple reminders before I pitch it back to Julian. Uh, Instacart also does have a fee for shopping. If you're only going to have them do your groceries rarely, you might want to pay by order. Uh, I pay for a yearly Instacart subscription because I do all my shopping through them and to me it has really paid for itself also just a reminder that if you didn't get any of these numbers you can call the PCB office and the numbers can either be given to you or if you do have a computer they can be emailed as well one of the delivery services uh, that we uh, failed to mention, and I know it's very popular in some parts of the state, uh, we happen to have one of their grocery stores, too, in, uh, in Chester County, uh, is Schwann's. And Schwann's is the, I always say, the classic food delivery trucks. 
Schwann's has been around for a long time, and um, you may want to call and see if they deliver to your area, but it's very likely they do because they have quite a presence in Pennsylvania. And their phone number is 800-724-9267. Once again, that's 800-724-9267, and that's Schwann's. Now, again, that I, I know I've bought things at the Schwann store. Um, I think it's out in Exton, <laughs> if I recall. Um, and, you know, they've got some great prices on um, Again, a lot of times they're no-name products. So they're products that have been produced for, say, a grocery chain, and, um, and they didn't slap their label on it, and Schwann's picks it up, and they've got it. So, And depending on where you live, um, I was working with a rehabilitation teaching client when I worked for the state. And we pulled up, and my driver said, wow, there's a line that goes halfway around the building. Here, uh, the Schwann's man came, (laughs) and he came to the high-rise apartment, and people didn't have to go to the grocery store. All they had to do was, you know, go out their door and wait in line and go up to the truck, and, you know, I want this and this and this. And these are kind of examples of national things, but there can be local um, you know, smaller scale, kind of like Julianne mentioned, you know, sometimes I think everything old is new again, you know, and there are places that are starting to deliver, uh, you know, like more fresh produce and things like that. Yeah, and especially at this time when, you know, people were afraid to go out shopping. Um, and so a lot of these new, now, unfortunately, a lot of them are also web-based uh, programs, but, again, it's one of those things, as Lisa said, um, if you have a, a friend or family member that can sign you up for some of these services and then you, you, know, you call your friend to place the order, as long as you trust this person or a family member, they can place the order and have it delivered to you as well. Um, I happen to just start at my Fresh Direct up again um, I, during covid they were finding hard to get uh, drivers, uh, I believe. And so they've been begging me by sending me e- pestering emails. We miss you. We miss you. Of course, you miss my money. <laughs> so I just started up with them again, and I just happily ate a couple of the meals today from Fresh Direct. Um, and I do like to choose uh, sometimes the prepared entrees, which is going to bring me into my next subject, um, is the prepared meals. Now, there's one service that I saw that actually it is out of the – they said Kentucky, but everything's shipped uh, to you, um, you know, frozen and, um, you know, with full directions on how to, you know, how to heat it up. You can heat it up in a conventional oven. You can heat it up in a microwave. Um, and it is a you can order, again, entrees uh, and sides, a meal. Uh, you can order three meals a day. Um, you can order just one meal. They also... Uh, they designed it specifically for seniors. A lot of times family members will purchase this as a gift for your, or if you have a loved one, you'd like to purchase this as a gift for. Um, the prices were, let's put it this way, it's still cheaper than eating out at a restaurant, okay? I wouldn't say it's dirt cheap, but it's cheaper than eating out at a restaurant. But I do think that since they do cater to seniors, uh, so you can make your selection um, over the phone. And again, you don't have to be a senior, but they kind of designed it that way. They also have apparently, according to their website, they have chefs that will prepare meals for specific diets. 
So, for example, if you need gluten-free food um, or if you are on a uh, if you're diabetic and you need a low carb meal, um, they're able to prepare that. And it's a balanced uh, meal. So it has already come prepared. So, again, other than grocery shopping, this is another way to get some meals uh, uh, delivered to you. And the name of the company is Magic uh, Magic Kitchen. And the phone number is. 877, again, that's toll free, 877 746 5015. I'll do it again, 877 746 5015. And they kind of posted on their website, they were trying to be polite, but their point was these are chef made meals. So, um, it's, they said the quality of the meals um, are more likely a little bit better than the meals on wheels, okay, that concept. Now, meals on wheels will come to you. They usually provide two uh, entrees um, for you at a, a, you know, excuse me, two meals on a to- at a time. They are produced by a lot of times by the, the hospital that's nearest to you. So, uh, and please don't cringe, <laughs> but I actually was in a hospital one time and the food was really good. I thought, well, this is pretty amazing. But typically the reputation of hospital foods is pretty bland um, and that, you know, you have to spice it up yourself. But it is a good option for people is the Meals on Wheels. Um, and uh, there, that number, you need to call your local area office on aging, AAAs. And uh, given that they have different offices throughout the state of Pennsylvania, I'm going to include the main number to find out what area office on aging would, um, it, you know, agency on aging would be serving your area. And their phone number is 1-800-225-7223. I'll do that again. It's 800 225 Seven seven two two three, and that that is the uh, main number for the triple um, A's area agencies on aging. And you can ask about what's the nearest um, uh, one that serves your area, so you can sign up for Meals on Wheels. Um, you know, we thought about this a lot for my mother in law. She's one hundred and two. <laughs> Fortunately, she does have an aide that comes in and cooks for her. Thank goodness, because we really don't want her cooking at this point in time. A um, little bit of age-related dementia going on. So uh, with that said, this is another option. Should something happen and our plans change, that we would take advantage of some either one of these two programs so that meals can be delivered to her. Um, And again, with simple instructions how to heat it. So there's some of the other, you know, some of the options that are out there. Lisa, do you have anything else that you wanted to include in this? Just that this really is the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely. So let's say that you don't want Meals on Wheels because you don't want bland hospital food, <laughs> but you like the idea of yeah. a pre-made meal. You look at the other option, you yeah. think, yeah, but that's expensive. I'm paying for shipping. The other option that you can do is check out local um, food delivery services. Reach out to family and friends. So you may not have a family member or a friend that can shop for you, or maybe they can shop for you, and for various reasons, you don't want them to shop for you. But they are out and about, and they see things. 
So they see advertisements for food delivery services. They might see a sign in a grocery store. Uh, we now deliver. You know, engage people like that to be resources for you. And decide what exactly you want when you shop. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still go to a store and ask for help with a store employee. Uh, I'm not really a fan. I generally have found you can get excellent help. You can get people who don't know the broccoli from the cauliflower, um, you know, and you may have to wait a long time for somebody to be available. But decide, you know, do I want to go? Do I want to shop? Or do I want to give somebody a list? And there are advantages and disadvantages. Um, For example, I ordered some corn on the cob through Instacart the other day. Fortunately, I only ordered two two ears. I should have known better. It's after Labor Day. Mm. When I touched them, I went, oh, these probably should have gone to the cows. And if I had been there in person, I would have known that. And I took a risk, and that was okay. But, you know, you have to decide. And if it's somebody that you trust. Um, I had an experience one time where I was using Shipped and the shopper contacted me. I had wanted blueberries. And this was someone who had shopped for me in previous weeks, which doesn't always happen. But we had built a nice rapport. Um, And she said to me, you know, I'll get them if you would like. But she said, the blueberries don't look that great to me. She said, I wouldn't buy them for my family. Would you like them or would you like something else? And I was so grateful that she said that, you know, that she didn't just like mindlessly uh, follow the list. And sometimes, you know, there are mess ups, whether it's a person shopping for you, whether you've used a service. And often there are ways for them to make it right. And speaking of friends, one of my favorite uh outings with one of my best friends um she's fully sighted and every i'd say gosh it, it every few months we don't go terribly often at least these days anyway um we go to costco and so we'll go together and we'll often say because sometimes if you know costco costco sells everything in a huge bag so frequently we'll go and if it's uh, we'll choose items sometimes that both of us would enjoy and then we bring it home and split it up. So, uh, and it's fun. It's an outing. So it's almost like I call it the hunt, the grocery hunt. We go and see what's available at Costco, um, what's on sale. And, you know, so it can make it a fun outing. Um, if you have a, a friend that does, um, you know, you feel comfortable going out on a shopping trip with. Obviously, uh, when the pandemic hit, we didn't go to Costco too often, Um for a lot of reasons. And, and also too, that, you know, until both of us were uh, fully vaccinated, we really, she wasn't real comfortable uh, about me getting in her car uh, because she wasn't sure that she would be carrying it or I could be carrying it. And so with those things in mind, uh, but now that, you know, both of us are uh, fully vaccinated and, you know, we, uh, we actually did go shopping once this spring. So um, again, it's, it's getting better. So that's another way to keep in mind is that it also can be an outing. Contacting your um, local uh, faith-based organizations, such as, you know, um, Catholic charities, um, you know, 
Kiwanis, um, the, any of the, you know, some of the churches. Uh, I know that in the Presbyterian church right around the corner uh, from my, me, they, uh, which my husband's very active with, they have uh, deacons um, that are, again, volunteer church members that will actually go out and do this type of work for individuals. Um, they're, they're there to volunteer at their time. They consider it a, a community service as part of the religious faith so that they will go, you know, go grocery shopping for somebody and uh, deliver it. Again, as long as you prepare the list, half the battle with, I think, volunteers in, in this case is that you, sometimes you're like, oh, well, I kind of, I've always been more spontaneous. Well, maybe some of the spontaneity is going to have to put aside for now, especially if you're asking for someone's time um, to prepare what your needs are right now. And I often would do is, uh, think about an alternative. Like you mentioned with the blueberries. Okay, if the blueberries don't seem too good on the shelf, how about we get raspberries? Let's check out the raspberries or check out the strawberries. You know, it's still in the same category of foods, but, but like, um, you know, it's an, yeah. an alternative there. You can or substitute. Like, I really need cream of mushroom soup for this recipe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my preference would be Campbell's. But <laughs> if they don't have Campbell's, you know, get the store brand. If they don't have that, get, you know, Campbell's cream of celery instead, you know, especially if it's a, Mm -hmm. if it's a really important thing, because it's kind of a bummer to get your grocery order minus the one ingredient you really, (laughs) really need. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I could see where that can happen too. And again, you having a a substitute list too, you know, uh, in, in mind and ways and again, be a little flexible. Um, And even with these, you know, delivery services, as I said, the prepared meals, you know, uh, try to be flexible and be experimental. Um, I was told by my doctor uh, this week that she really wants me to go on the Mediterranean diet. Okay. Um, And so, you know, that's just doesn't fit with my family's lifestyle. Um, But I'm looking into maybe some prepared meals um, because I I don't have a whole lot of time. A, I don't have time to shop. I'm not putting that extra burden for another round of groceries uh, for my son who does most of the shopping. So, you know, I'm thinking what ways that, so I'm trying to investigate uh, some of these, you know, online uh, services like HelloFresh, Every Plate, Blue Apron, yeah, good. I got that as a gift one year, mm-hmm. and everything was very um, accessible. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a little different than the complete meals that Julia oh, was talking about. Mm-hmm. So it might be like um, a tofu stir fry, for example. Hungry Root had a lot of healthy options, and mm-hmm. they would give you the tofu and the sauce and the whatever, and then you would have uh, the directions. The other really neat thing about buying an individual prepared meal is let's say that you've never eaten anything before that you would think of as, quote, being on the Mediterranean diet. So you have no idea whether you're going to like this stuff or not. (laughs) But let's say we're talking, I don't know, um, hummus. Mm -hmm. So instead, well, hummus is easy to make, so that's kind of a bad illustration, but Instead of buying the ingredients for hummus and taking the time to make hummus and tasting it and going, this is the worst thing I've ever had in my life, you can buy a little container or you can buy a pre-made meal of whatever dish and you can try it without wasting a lot of investing a lot of time and energy into something that maybe doesn't work, Um, you know, and the other uh, 
Julian mentioned faith-based organizations. The other option is to contact um, high schools or colleges mm -hmm. or scouting uh, groups. Sometimes they have um, service hours that are required for graduation or for various badges. Now, the only problem with that is, you know, you might have somebody's help for a year and then they're gone, but you might find that you find somebody, let's say you find a high school senior and they're great and they do what you need and they're going to be staying locally for college. Well, then you could just pay them to shop. Um, also look at the people that work with you already. Um, I already had a system for shopping, but because I'm short and half of my house and the corners where dust bunnies live are above my head, uh, I had I have someone come in once a month to clean. And she said, you know, if you need me to, I could shop for you. And I really like my system. I like being able to browse all the stuff on Instacart. I like, I mean, it's, it's fun to me. But if I needed to, I could do that. So think about the possibility, too, of if someone is already doing something for you, especially if it's a paid service, you know, or maybe, maybe you're a lawnmower guy or whatever. There are so many options, and my best advice to you would be that if you call and you hit a roadblock and you say, oh, well, that service isn't going to work for me, and that service isn't going to work for me, keep persevering because, you know, you will find the right fit for you because there really just are so many out there, and I'm like Julianne, uh, shopping is fun. Shopping is, you know, usually anyway, and it can be fun. It doesn't have to be a chore. And so uh, happy resource hunting and happy shopping. And uh, Julianne, do you have anything else before we open it up for questions? Uh, no, I think you pretty much summed it up for us. Um, again, I think what we need to accept is that there are times when we need help. And, uh, yeah. Not to quote Mr. Rogers, but just find the helpers. And they're out there. And uh, if indeed this is something that you need assistance with, um, again, good nutrition is very important. Uh, living on frozen meals that, you know, you, you pick up um, at the grocery store, um, you know, night after night, it's probably not the healthiest thing for you. So including in options with having some fresh vegetables, um, here I'm talking like my doctor, huh? <laughs> um, and you know, you know, trying to include that in in your diet is going to make you feel a whole lot healthier and a lot stronger. And again, um, people are out there to assist, and hopefully, this was enough information to at least get you thinking about this as an alternative for you. Um, and you know, and that if you need again, we'll remind you that this all this information is at the PCB office. We uh, emailed it up, or Lisa did. And uh, I'm sure they'd be happy to tell you over the phone the numbers or they'll read things off to you. It, again, take advantage of the help that uh, PCB um, will provide for you as well. Okay. And just to decide, yeah. if you mm -hmm. think, okay, you know, they're right. I, would, I should be eating healthier, but I'm embarrassed. I don't know how. I don't know how mm -hmm. to cook for myself. I worked with people who lived with their parents until their parents died. Yeah. And in some cases, they were in their 60s. And you know what? Yeah. 
they rocked it. They were amazing. They learned what they needed to learn. Mm -hmm. It was hard. It was long, but they did it, and they were amazing, and they were a joy to work with because they were willing to learn, and you're never too old to learn. And I know that sometimes the embarrassment can be that biggest hurdle, but you know what? My goodness, you know, you can you can do this. And there are people who are professionals and otherwise who are willing to help and who are willing to cheer you on. Yeah, and your local hospitals as well, they do have uh, nutrition programs. And they, uh, many of our insurance plans, um, I believe Medicaid and Medicare do cover nutrition uh, counseling. And that would be to get you started on what kinds of food to make. And then there are other groups when you think about the uh, Pennsylvania um, uh, Agencies for the Blind out there, the PABs. They have, um, again, vision rehabilitation teachers like uh, Lisa was um, that can teach you how to uh, prepare these meals if you have never done this before. And that is really not that unusual. I, I know that they've lived in support with their parents for a long time and as they age um, and pass on, um, these skills weren't passed on to them for whatever reason, a fear, um, or they just kind of never thought that it was important that somebody else would take care of their their uh, son or daughter. So again, reaching out to get this help, uh, we are, I guess we are, again, our theme this year is uh, we are stronger with dealing strength communities. You, yeah, community by unity, um, that we can do this uh, together, uh, that we can get the support. And don't hesitate to contact PCB uh, or, you know, again, they'll get a message to the Low Vision, uh, well, Vision Loss Resource Group, and we're more than happy to help find some solutions in that area as well. And I know uh, Melissa Carney, uh, our outreach specialist, is definitely uh, on board for providing that type of assistance. So I think we have time for some questions. Any hands, uh, if you want to raise your hand? Your first hand is Lynn. Uh, this is Lynn Shields. I have a couple things. Um, hey. my, um, I live in Beaver County, and the Beaver County Association for the Blind. I moved to Pennsylvania from North Carolina about a year ago. And from about April of 2020 until about August of 2020, I used what is called Shopping Angels. And it is a um, national program. The last I checked, there was um, an affiliate in Pennsylvania. I haven't looked for it recently, so I hope it's still there. But... um, They give you a volunteer, and it's specifically designed for people who either cannot or should not be going to the store. And we got matched up. I was the first person in North Carolina to use it, but we got matched up with a wonderful young lady, and um, I would email her a grocery list completely separated, like all the dairy products together, all the fruit products together, the brand, the amount of, you know, the size package or whatever that I wanted, the quantity that I wanted. And she went to the grocery store, shopped for it, and delivered it to our home. She would go 
pretty much every two weeks. And then luckily we had a house that didn't have any steps. So I had like a big pool bin and I would put that at the end of the driveway. She would unload the groceries into the bin and um, then I would pull them into the house and, and put them away. And she would give me the receipt. She would make a copy of the receipt, put it in her phone Um she would give me the receipt and I would send her cash through the cash app to pay her through the groceries and wanted to make you aware of the service. It, it was wonderful. I think that's good, uh, Lynn. I will definitely look into that and add it to the, the resource list. Thank you. Shopping Angel. Sure. Yeah, yes, I'll look ma'am. for it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I have a friend uh, who is in another state, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and she has tried, she is on Medicaid. And she has tried uh, to get groceries, called the stores, and they say that she cannot pay with the uh, Medicaid card. Now, I heard something about uh, a SNAP, uh, one of the grocery, either the program or grocery stores. Is, is that correct? Yes, yeah, SNAP is the Supplemental Nutrition uh, Assistance Program. And um, they provide um, support. And, yes, they do have um, – you do get um, – I guess it is a card. I think it's like a, a prepaid card that yes. you could then put things on that card. Um, mm-hmm. but, not uh, all so, states, but not all states let you use your SNAP card. Pennsylvania is one of the few that does right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're lucky in Pennsylvania. Oh, this would be Ohio. Yeah, can't can't speak on Ohio. I'm I'm sorry. I wish right. I knew a little bit more about it. But so who um, would she call then? Um, I would check with whatever program they have uh, under the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program um, okay. and see if they what procedure they would had to provide her with that support because um, there okay. has to be something. Um, and I get I'm not it's sure usually, if it's yeah. usually through the welfare office. Yes. Hmm. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these are great questions and, and uh, great yeah. additions um, that, you know, again, we'll definitely add these to the list and find out some more suggestions. But I always say, you know, the best, if you don't have a computer, and I know with the, you know, you mentioned that you would email her your grocery list, it still works by phone. Now, granted, they'll have to, you know, uh, copy it down themselves and provide it. But, um Again, that's not out of the question. Uh, you don't have to have a computer. And that was our point tonight. Um, as much as it's made uh, Lisa and my life a whole lot easier, um, it's not for everybody. And it's something that, again, learning something new at 60 is a little bit different than learning something new at 40. Um, again, I'm, I'm in the technology field. I work at Tech Al, which you'll hear more about tomorrow. Um, and so it is second nature for, you know, someone like Lisa and I. But getting back to one other thing, too, that um, I believe that Hadley.edu also has courses on, you know, different cooking courses, as well as some other um, yes, uh, courses on nutrition. Yes. And it's, it's free. Yes. And we are at the end of our program. Terrific. Time. Hey, good timing. So, thank all of you for your for your attention and your questions and your suggestions. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great night. Enjoy the rest of the night. Okay, friends and neighbors. Um, 
we're going to run the pre-recorded reading of the bylaws, but but I want to remind everybody that this is only a reading of the bylaws and there will be no discussion of the bylaws until Saturday's business meeting. So if you have something to say about these amendments, um, you have to say it at the Saturday business meeting. Proposed 2021 amendments to the PCB bylaws from the PCB parliamentary team. There are three proposed bylaw amendments for your consideration this year. Proposed Amendment 1, Article 7, Section 2, Voting. Current text. Official delegates shall be authorized to vote on behalf of chapters and special interest affiliates at annual conventions of the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. Each chapter and each special interest affiliate shall be represented by two, uh, the number two in parentheses, delegates. In addition, each member of a chapter or special interest affiliate who is present at the convention is entitled to one, the digit one in parentheses, vote, provided he slash she has paid membership dues in accordance with these bylaws on record with the PCB office for a minimum of 30, the number 30 in parentheses, days. This popular vote count shall be added to the delegate vote count and shall constitute the total vote for or or against any issue. Any business brought before the convention shall be decided by a majority vote except as otherwise stated in these bylaws. Propose text. Each peer at large and each peer in a chapter or special interest affiliate who is present at the convention is entitled to one, the number one in parentheses, vote, provided he slash she has paid membership dues in accordance with these bylaws on record with the PCB office for a minimum of 30, the number 30 in parentheses, days. For any voting issue that comes before the convention, a popular vote of all peers of chapters and special interest affiliates, as well as all peers at large, present and accounted for, shall be taken and account be tabulated, and said tabulation shall constitute the total popular vote for or against any issue. Any business brought before the convention shall be decided by a majority vote, except as otherwise stated in these bylaws. Should the final tabulation of the popular vote end in a tie, then official delegates representing chapters and special interest affiliates shall vote to break the tie. Official delegates shall be authorized to vote on behalf of chapters and special interest affiliates at annual conventions of the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. Each chapter and each special interest affiliate shall be represented by two, the number two in parentheses, delegate votes. A chapter or special interest affiliate who has only one, the number one in parentheses, delegate at the business meeting may have that delegate cast both of the chapters or special interest affiliates delegate votes. A chapter or special interest affiliate whose delegates 
failed to attend the business meeting, may, after caucus of all members present, present the name of a member who shall serve as the delegate of that chapter or special interest affiliate, and who shall then cast the two, the number two in parenthesis, delegate votes on behalf of that chapter or special interest affiliate. Should the caucus of chapter or special interest affiliate members fail to agree on one, the number one in parenthesis, delegate, they may present two members who shall serve as delegates, and each delegate shall cast one, the number one in parenthesis, delegate vote. Should the delegate vote end in a tie, the motion fails. Proposed Amendment 2, Article 6, Powers and Duties of the Board of Directors, Section 1, Authority of the Board of Directors. Current Language, the Board of Directors shall be the governing body of the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind between conventions, provided that it shall make no policy decisions and take no official action in conflict with existing decisions or actions of the convention. At least seven, the number seven in parenthesis, members of the board must be present to establish a quorum to carry on business. All business brought before the board shall be decided by a majority vote of its members present, in parenthesis, in person or remotely, in parenthesis, and voting, unless otherwise indicated in these bylaws. Proposed language. The board of directors, parenthesis, board, close parenthesis, shall be the governing body of the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind between conventions. The board may make policy decisions and take official action in conflict with existing decisions or actions of previous conventions only under unforeseen circumstances. Unforeseen circumstances are extraordinary circumstances that no one especially those PCB peers voting at previous conventions, could have foreseen, including, but not limited to, such events as natural disasters, pandemics, civil unrest, acts of terrorism, failure of essential infrastructure, etc. Unforeseen circumstances shall only be determined at a regular or special board meeting at which the entire board, 100%, in parenthesis, the number 100 followed by a percent sign, close parenthesis, is present, parenthesis, in person or remotely, close parenthesis, to establish a super quorum of 100%. The determination that unforeseen circumstances do exist shall require a unanimous 100% in parenthesis, the digits 100 and a percent sign, close parenthesis, affirmative vote of all board members. Once the board has unanimously determined that unforeseen circumstances exist, the board may make policy decisions and take official action in conflict with existing decisions or actions of previous conventions only by a unanimous 100% the number 100 followed by a percent sign in parenthesis, affirmative vote of all board members.
proposed Amendment 3 applies to the entire bylaws. Where applicable, replace all references to member to peer, including changing member at large to peer at large. Furthermore, replace all references to membership with peership. This ends the reading of the proposed 2021 amendments to the PCB bylaws. Some great prizes, and we just want to thank all the participants who donated all these great prizes. And uh, we do it a little differently this year. Um, we're going to call out the number and the corresponding name, and if you're present, raise your hand so we can check you off as present and winning. And if you're not present, but you're listening somewhere out there in the ether, you have 15 minutes to contact me at wgrignon 13 at gmail.com. That's wgrignon 13 at gmail.com or at 727-564-9759. 15 minutes. And if we don't hear from you, the prize goes back into the hopper. All right. Let's, let's get this show on the road. The first one is a $15 gift certificate for Burger King, donated by Philadelphia Regional. Do the numbers. It's number 15. As Jessica Mandich. Are you here, Jessica? Raise your hand if you are. I have it in good authority. She's listening through ACB radio if she's listening. All right. Should I just count, count her in then? Well, you'll have to wait for those 15 minutes. Well, Okay, you got to contact me, Jessica. 727-564-9759. Thank you. All right, let's roll it again. Here's our next prize. A $20 Amazon gift certificate donated by Hank Bloomberg Chapter. The number comes up, 98. Ethel Siegel, are you out there? Oh, wow. Wow. Ethel... Raise your hand if you can. All right, you have 15 minutes. WGRIGNON13 at gmail.com or 727-564-9759. We'll see how this works for one night. All right, our third prize is another $20 Amazon gift certificate by, uh, donated by Hank Bloomberg. Running the, I'm using a randomizer, by the way. I use the latest registration form. So I have everybody who's registered up to this, this date or this uh, afternoon. And I'm using a randomizer online that picks uh, random numbers between, it's right now, 1 to 150. And it's 115. This person is Sion Stacy, Stacy Leap. Anybody know this person? Stacy Sion, Sion Stacy Leap. Well, you have 15 minutes to contact me at 727-564-9759. All right. Our next prize is a $15 gift certificate to Subway, donated by the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. Running the randomizer, 133, Esther Hackenberger. Are you oh, out wow. there? And she just registered yesterday. Wow. Uh, yeah, I told raised. you we had an up-to-date list. 
A hand oh. is raised. All right. It's we, her. It's all her. All right. We have a winner. We have a winner. Thank you, Esther. Enjoy those subs. All right. Thank you for attending. The next one is a $10 cash prize donated by Keystone Chapter. Running the numbers 138. Paul Lewis. I know this guy. Paul Lewis, are you attending? <laughs> if not, give me a call 727-564-9759 or WGRIGNON13 at gmail.com. Paul's a Floridian. And our last one for this segment. It's a $25 Sam's gift card. All right. Donated by Golden Triangle. Thank you, Golden Triangle. And thank you to all our donors. We're running the numbers. It's 82. Rita Lang, are you out there? Oh, Rita. Raise your hand if you're here, Rita. Okay, you have 15 minutes like everybody else. We do have a hand. We have a hand. We have a hand. You have a hand? All right. All right. Excellent, Rita. Enjoy that Sam's Club gift card. And once again, the it's wgrignon one three at gmail.com or 727-564-9759 to claim your prize. Good luck. Jeopardy uh, for the common man. Tonight's co-hosts Tony Schwartz and Blair Wissinger. Tonight's contestants, member peers of the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. Thank you, thank you. What a crowd! What a crowd! And we're missing out of this crowd a very important person. And that is Blair Wissinger, who is my assistant. Uh, Blair will be serving a very important role in our game tonight. He is our scorer. And the scorer takes on added importance, as I'll explain when we discuss our rules. I'd like to uh, first thank our sponsors for tonight's program. First, GTCB, the Golden Triangle Council of the Blind, for their support of tonight's entertainment and tomorrow night's entertainment. And we really appreciate that. Also, I'd like to thank Stuffed Puffs, and we'll be talking a lot about Stuffed Puffs in a bit. Now, let me introduce our contestants. Our first contestant, Wanda Peterson, lives in Harrisburg. She serves as an access technology specialist and Braille transcriber for Vision Resources of Central Pennsylvania. She is married. She has a black lab guide dog named Nitro. Wanda, thanks for joining us, and good luck. Welcome, Tony. Great, great. Our second contestant, Keith Ellsworth, is a member of the Washington County chapter. He is a self-professed geek. Hmm. Also... He enjoys music, all forms of science fiction and fantasy, 
and many types of games. Now, Keith, when you say geek, you mean technical geek. Correct. Right. <laughs> Let's make that clear. And thanks for joining us, and good luck. Thank you. Our third contestant, Brian Rutherford, currently works as a stitcher at Blind and Vision Rehabilitation Industries in Pittsburgh, where he was named the 2019 NIB Peter J. Selman National Labor Employee of the Year. He also works with the arts community as an audio description consultant and coordinator. Brian also tells me that in a previous life, he was a Walt Disney World cast member who performed various roles in the creative costuming and entertainment development teams. Brian, welcome aboard. Thank you very much. All right. We've met our three contestants. Now, let me talk just a little bit about the rules of the game. Obviously, it's going to be slightly different from the Jeopardy that you're accustomed to on television. For one thing, there is no lockout button, or uh, I think that's what they usually call it, or the contestant buzzer, which lights up and uh, locks out the other uh, contestants. And so, obviously, we don't have access to that. Um, we will not have a final Jeopardy. We will have a single and double Jeopardy. And you will hear me say, when a contestant gives a wrong answer, I will go to the next contestant uh, with the lowest score. And that's where I, the score is very important. And I will say, play or pass. And that provides the next contestant to either accept the question and try and answer it or pass it to the third contestant who can also play or pass. And if they pass, then control of the game returns back to the first contestant. We also want to protect uh, the integrity of the game. So we are going to have a limit of five right answers in a row. Then play passes to the next contestant, the contestant with the lowest score. Uh, there will be double jeopardy, um, one in single, two in double, and you will be able to wager twice the amount of the full category. So if we're in single jeopardy, that means 100 points, and double jeopardy, 200 points. So... Let's begin the game by introducing our categories. The categories are Famous Movie Lines, Nursery Rhymes, Odds and Ends, Know Your Sports Basics, U.S. Geography, and From the Animal Kingdom. Okay, those are our categories, and we have selected ahead of time our opening contestant, who is Londa. And Londa, you have chosen what category? Nursery rhymes. Nursery rhymes. And what point value? I will start with 10. Okay. Baba Black Sheep had this many bags of wool. What is three? Correct. Londa? I'll take nursery rhymes again for 20. Jack and Jill went up the hill 
to fetch a pail of this. What is water? Water, correct, for 20 points. Manda? I will take nursery rhymes for 30, Tony. The itsy-bitsy spider climbed up this. What is the water spout? That is correct, for 30 points. Manda, again. I will take nursery rhymes for 40. You're going to run the category. All right. The three little kittens lost these. What are mittens? Mittens is correct for 40 points. Wanda? I will finish out the category with nursery rhymes for 50. All right. In the farmer in the dell, the cat takes... What is the mouse? No, I'm sorry. Let's move to Keith. I'll pass. All right, Brian. The cat takes the... What is the rat? The rat. That rat. Okay. Now, play is in your hands. You've got one answer correct. Uh, You may choose the next category. Um, Let's do movie quotes for 50. 50? Mm -hmm. Oh, well. All right. The lead in this movie quipped... The meek may inherit the earth, but they don't get into Harvard. Um, Who is Elle Woods and Legally Blonde? No, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Play goes to Keith. Keith, player pass. Can you repeat it, please? Mm -hmm. The lead in this movie quips, the meek may inherit the earth, but they don't get into Harvard. I'm going to pass again. Okay, Londa. I am going to pass. All right. The answer is Dead Poets Society. So control still goes to you, Brian. Let's stay with movie quotes for 40. For 40. Everything makes sense when this child lead in this movie whispers, I see dead people. What is the sixth sense? Correct. For 40 points. Brian? Yes. Uh, Uh, Let's stay stay with movie quotes for 30. For 30. The leading lady in this movie modestly proclaims she is practically perfect in every way. Who is Mary Poppins? Correct. For 30 points. All right. Um, Uh, Go ahead, Brian. Stay with movie quotes for 20. For 20. In this movie, the Don declares to his godson, I'm going to make an offer he can't refuse. What is the godfather? Correct, for 20 points. All right. And you may have... uh, Let's finish the category. Okay, for 10. 10. All right. Near the end of this movie... The lead utters this line. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. What is gone with the wind? You are correct. So you can choose odds and ends. You can choose know your sports Uh, basics, U.S. geography. Let's do uh, animals for 10. Animals from the animal kingdom for 10. A baby goat is referred to as this. 
What is a kid? Okay, correct. And now you have five in a row. And so play passes to Keith. Keith? I'll go sports basics for 10. Sports basics for 10. Here we are. If your horse wins the Kentucky Derby, Preakness, and Belmont Stakes, it has said to have won this. What is the Triple Crown? Correct. For 10 points. Okay. Same category for 20, please. All right. This number of holes are played in an average round of golf. What is 18? You are correct for 20 points. I'll go for 30 points, same category, please. Okay. For 30. When playing soccer, these body parts or body part may not touch the ball. What are hands? You are correct. I was afraid that somebody would say hands and head or something like that. Um, You are correct for 30 points. I'll go the same category for 40 points, please. Sports basics for 40. This sporting event is now held the Sunday preceding Memorial Day. I'm going to have to pass that. Okay. You you understand that's a 40-point deduction. So, um, let's see... Who has the lower score, Londa? Um, yes. Okay. Londa, would you play or pass? I am going to pass. You are going to pass. Uh, Brian? Uh, what is the Daytona 500? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no Indianapolis 500. Uh, okay. Play goes back to uh, Keith. I'll go, I'll finish that category out for 50. Sports basics for 50. During a baseball game, the song Take Me Out to the Ball Game is traditionally sung in this inning. What is the seventh? That is correct. Now, I believe you do have five in a row, correct? No, you missed one. That's his first, that's his first second. Oh, you are correct. Okay. Uh, Do you want to... You want me to tell you the categories remaining? Uh, yes, please. Okay. You have some, I believe, 20 on up from the animal kingdom. Is that right, uh, Blair? Yes. yes. And then uh, U.S. geography. And what are we missing here? Odds and ends. Odds and ends. I'll go odds and ends for 10, please. Odds and ends for 10. This American president appears on a $1 bill. Who is George Washington? George Washington. Okay, that is correct. Okay. Um, Does You can still play. Yep. Okay, I'll go for 20, please. 20? Did you say 20? Yes. That's our daily double. Okay. And you can wager up to... One hundred dollars. Oh, why not? We'll go. We'll go the full hundred. All right. There are this number of colors in a rainbow. What is seven? That is correct for one hundred points. Okay, I'll go odds and ends for thirty, please. Okay. 
This U.S. state bears the nickname the Golden State. What is California? Correct. Correct for 30 points. Then I'll go odds and ends for 40, please. Okay. This nutrient plays an essential role in muscle building. What is protein? Correct. And now you have exhausted five in a row. And so play goes to Wanda. Play goes to Brian. Oh, Brian has the lower score? Uh-huh. Okay. It's Londa has 100, Keith has 250, and Brian has 70. Okay, Brian, we have... Uh, let's stay, stay with odds and ends for 50. Uh, odds and ends for 50. On a dartboard, this number is directly opposite number one. I have to pass. <laughs> okay. Uh, Londa? I'm going to pass as well. Okay, Keith? This will be known as mistake number one. Why is 30? No, I'm sorry. It is 19. 19. Okay. So play returns back to Brian. Brian. Okay. And we Um, we have U.S. geography. And we have, I think, some from the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. Is that what we have? Yes. Okay. What would you like? Um, let's do geography for 10. Okay. This state is home to the largest volcano on Earth. What is Hawaii? That is correct. That would be Unalua in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, your next question? Uh Let's stick with geography for 20. Okay. Geography for 20 points. This Western state contains the highest and lowest points in the continental United States. The highest and lowest geographic points in the United States. What is Washington? No, I'm sorry. Um, Wanda? What is Alaska? No, I'm sorry. That's why I try to emphasize. Well, um, Keith? I'm going to pass. Okay. It is California. And that, that's why I try to emphasize the continental United States. We're talking about Mount Whitney and Death Valley. Mount Whitney being the highest um, in, in the lower 48 and Death Valley being the lowest. Okay. Uh, Brian? Uh, let's go to animals for 20. Animals for 20. A dog sweats through these. Uh, what are his paws? Correct. Paws. All right. Brian? Uh, let's stay with animals for 30. Animals for 30. This bird is known to be the symbol of peace. What is a dove? A dove. That is correct. All right. Uh, how are we doing, Blair, on on Brian in a row? He's got two in a row. Okay. Um, your next question, Brian? Uh, let's stay with animals for 40. Animals for 40. Cows have this number of compartments in their stomach. What is seven? No. Uh, Londa? What is two? No. 
I'm sorry. Um, Keith? What is four? Four. Four is correct. And play goes to Keith. Keith, next question. Uh, Do we have any more in the animal category? We have a 50. Let's go ahead and go for that one, please. Okay. The only mammal able to fly. What is a bat? That is correct for 50 points. Now, we have... uh, 30, 40, and 50 in U.S. geography. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. (laughs) I could never keep track of that. Okay. Uh, What would you choose? 30, 40, or 50? We'll go 30, please. Okay, 30. This river carved out and now flows at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. What is the Colorado? Correct. Correct. Next question. 40, please. 40. This city is located where the Mississippi and Missouri rivers meet. What is St. Joseph? No, I'm sorry. Uh, Wanda? What is St. Louis? That is correct. That is correct. And now, Tony. Yes? That should have gone to Brian. Oh, he has the lower score? Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. We can, um, I can make a suggestion if, if it's agreeable. Go ahead, please. Since Londa, because they, they make mistakes occasionally on Jeopardy and correct them in a later show. <laughs> okay. We, we can go ahead and give that 20 points to Londa. Okay. But we can put the play, we can give 20 points to Brian, assuming that he would know it had he had the chance to answer it. And then he has control. All right. Uh, So Londa gets 20 because she's, because she's answered it, but the control should, the the point should have gone over there. If, if Keith had known her, Brian had known it. Okay. There's no way of, there's no way of knowing other than asking him if he knew it. (laughs) Okay. Um, And that is the, the uh, judge's final decision. So that's what we'll stick with. Uh, Brian, the last. Yes is uh, the, the last clue is left to you and it is for 50. Now that is correct, Larry. He has no choice but to get this. Right. That's, right. that's the last okay. one. He- yep. This relatively low mountain chain stretches from West Virginia to Georgia. What is the Appalachian? No, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. And who do we go to? Um, Londa. Londa? Well, that was going to be my guess, so I guess I'm going to pass. Okay. Uh, Keith. This is 50 points, correct? Right. Yes. Yeah, we'll be passing that. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. The answer is, what are the Blue Ridge Mountains? Yeah, the Appalachian, and I, I was afraid people would fall into that. Yeah. The Appalachian is, is uh, that the chain is much longer. It runs and, from uh, Maine. Right, right. Down to Georgia. Georgia. So um, you learned something tonight. (laughs) Now we are going to move to Double Jeopardy. Um, Are you all ready? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Brian has our low score. Do you want to recap on the scores? Yes, please do. Okay. Keith is in the lead with 280. 
Londa's next with 80, and Brian is low with 10. Okay. So so Brian will start this off. That 50 was a killer. Yep. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's get the categories for Double Jeopardy. The categories are Live Theater Lines, Odds and Ends, U.S. History, World Geography, State Capitals, and PCB Peers. All right. Lowest score is Brian, so you get to choose among those. Live theater. Let's start with yeah, live theater for ten. You want to try that? All right. Okay, these yeah. these are double. They're twenty, forty, sixty, eighty, and hundred. Oh, that's right. That's right. Right. So uh, live theater lines. Once again, I will give you the line. You tell me generally uh, what the play is or something to do with it. For twenty, this play asks this most profound question. To be or not to be? What is Hamlet? Hamlet. Hamlet for 20 is correct. You want to try 40? Stay with this category for 40, yes. All right. It doesn't take long in this musical to discover you got trouble right here in River City. What is the music man? That is correct for 40 points, the music man. All right. Stay with this category. Okay. For 60. Live theater lines for 60. Yeah. This musical offers this magical advice. Just think of lovely things and your heart will fly on wings. What is Peter Pan? Peter Pan is correct. Peter Pan is correct. Uh, let's stay with live theater for uh, 80. 80. Okay. The lead in this musical announces, Mama, I'm a big girl now. Uh, what is hairspray? Hairspray is correct for 80 points. You want to try 100? Let's finish. Yes, finish the category. Okay. Live theater lines for 100. Double, double, toil and trouble. Fire burn and cauldron bubble come from this tragic play. What is Macbeth? You are correct. For 100 points. And you have run the category, so you have five in a row. And we'll discard that one. And we go to... Londa. 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 You have... Do you want me to review the categories again? Um, yes. Okay. Odds and ends. U.S. history. World geography. State capitals and PCB peers. I will take PCB peers for twenty. For twenty. Yes, I believe that's correct. Yep, yep. It's probably a good thing that this past president and executive director never named any of his daughters Rhoda. Who is John Horst? You are correct for twenty points. Um, I will take state capitals for 20. State capitals for 20. All right. Grind your teeth while recording your country music album in this southern state capital. What is Nashville? Nashville is correct. Nashville, Tennessee. I will take state capitals again for 40. 
All right, daily double. And you may wager up to 200, uh, yeah, $200. You currently have 120. I'm going to wager 100. 100. In this state capital, a mythical bird could rise from the ashes. Oh, what is Phoenix, Arizona? You are correct for 100 points. All right. Next question. I'll continue with state capitals. Okay. Perhaps not in Sugartown, but Nancy Sinatra once sang, Yesterday it rained in this southeastern state capital. What is Tallahassee? You are correct. I was so afraid no one would ever get that. <laughs> you have to be a certain age or listen to older music. Right, right. Uh, next question. I will try state capitals again. All right, for 80. Hail, a doomed space shuttle, shares its name with this southeastern state capital. What is Columbia? Columbia, South Carolina. And I believe you have run five in a row. Is that correct? I believe so. Blair? I think so, yes. Yes. Okay. So, who has the lowest score at this point? Ryan. Okay. No, Ryan? no, no. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Keith. 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 All right, Keith. Um, do you need uh, to hear the categories? Yeah. No, I'm going to go American history for 20. U.S. history for 20. This man served the shortest elected term as president. Who is Buchanan? No, I'm sorry. Um, Brian or Londa? Okay, um, Brian. Okay, Brian, you want the question again? Or uh, do you play or do you pass? Um, who is William Henry Harrison? You are correct. You are correct for 20 points. Okay, next choice. Can you repeat the categories again? Okay, we have U.S. history. We have world geography. We have some left in PCB peers. We have 100 points in state capitals, and we have odds and ends. And odds and ends, yep. Um, Let's go to odds and ends for 20. Odds and ends for 20. If you are envious... You are said to be this color. What is green? Green is correct. All right. Next question. And that was for 20 points. Next question. Uh, uh, let's say in odds and ends for 40. Odds and ends for 40. It appears as the last letter in the Greek alphabet. Mm. What is omega? You are correct for 40 points. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, odds and ends for 60. For 60. This early American statesman appears on the U.S. $100 bill. Who is Benjamin Franklin? You are correct. So we ended off with 60, and I believe you have four. You've answered four in a row. And so you're next. Uh, let's stay in odds and ends for 80. Odds and ends for 80. The president's helicopter is known as this. I forget. 
Keith? What is Marine One? Marine One is correct for 80 points. Keith, you may choose the next. Okay, we'll finish out that category for 100. Okay. Odds and ends for 100. Sinophobia is the fear of this domesticated animal. Could you say the word again, please? Sinophobia. What is a dog? What is a dog is correct for 100 points. And we would have all known that from an article that Will Grignan wrote uh, perhaps last spring in the PCB Advocate. So it's always good to read your PCB Advocate. You never know what's coming up. Uh, what categories do we have left, Blair? Well, you, don't even have to, you don't even have to do that. I'm going to go back to U.S. history for 40. Okay. U.S. history. Here we go. For 40. Oh. That <laughs> daily devil. And you can wager up to $200. And how many? Could you give me the scores real quick, please? Sure. Go ahead, Blair, please. Linda has 360. Keith has 440. Brian has 370. I'll go 100, please. 100. This city served as the first capital of the United States. What is Philadelphia? No, no, I'm sorry. Um, Londa, right? It's Londa? Uh, yes. Yes, Londa, do you play or pass? I'm going to play. What is Baltimore? No, I'm sorry. Keith? Actually, I'm the one that missed it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Brian? Um, I'm going to pass it. You're going to pass. The answer is New York City from 18, uh, 1785 through 90. It was the official first capital of the United States. Um, Philadelphia was uh, not considered the capital. Uh, in fact, we really didn't have a capital till. Uh, 1785. So, we return to Keith, correct? Yes. Okay. Keith? All right. uh, Where am I at on U.S. history? Uh, We are at 60. Let's go with that one, please. Okay. This protest, known as the Boston Tea Party, was a public rebellion against this British act. I'm going to say the Stamp Act. What is the Stamp Act? You are correct. You are correct for 60. Okay, I'll go 80, please. Okay. He was known for so many things, including the shortest inaugural address. Who is George Washington? You are correct. You are correct. 130 words in his second inaugural address. Okay. Um, your next question. Well, we'll finish this category out, I believe. Let's see. (laughs) This is a tough one. For 100 points, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and Sam Adams all did this. Who were delegates to the First Continental Congress? No, that is incorrect. Uh, Who do we go to next? Um, Londa. Londa. Would you play or pass? 
I will play. What is they signed the Declaration of Independence? No, I'm sorry. Uh, Brian? I'm going to pass. Okay. Sam Adams. What do you think of Sam Adams? Were they all brewers? <laughs> they all brewed beer. Yes, yes. I know that's a terrible question, but that's why it's a hundred. <laughs> okay, what do we have left? World geography, all of them. Okay. Um, state capitals for a hundred, and PCB peers forty through a hundred. Thank you, thank you so much. Okay, Bonda, which what category will you choose? Um, I will take state capitals for a hundred. State capitals for a hundred. <laughs> Snack on these purple grapes while you're walking the streets of this northeastern state capital. Um, what is Concord? You are correct. Concord, New Hampshire. That's one hundred. Okay, Londa, next. Um, we got PCB peers and uh, world, world geography. World geography. Yep. All right, I will go with. I'll go with world geography for forty. World geography for forty. It is the only continent with land in all four hemispheres. What is Antarctica? No, I'm sorry. Where does it go? Um, Brian. Brian, will you play or pass? Um, I'll play and guess Asia. What is Asia? No, I'm sorry. You're, you're incorrect. Keith? Read the question again, please. Sure. It is the only continent with land in all four hemispheres. I'm going to pass that. Okay. The answer is Africa. It is both north and south of the equator and east and west of the meridian. Okay. So, where were we, Londa? Yep. I will go with PCB peers for 40. PCB peers for 40. He might not know where all the bodies are buried, but as treasurer, he sure knows where every dollar is spent. Who is Michael Zakin? Michael Zakin is correct for 40 points. All right, I'll go with PCB Peers for 60. PCB Peers for 60. This chatty peer served an extended term as PCB's secretary. Who is Kathy Long? Kathy Long, you are correct. Did the chatty help? Uh-huh. Like Chatty Kathy? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. She will kill me. <laughs> All right. I will try PCB Pierce for 80. PCB Pierce for 80. This past president is only, is only just an extra L away from a day of celebration. This past president is... Only just an extra L away from a day of celebration. I don't know. Okay. You, all right. Um, what is it? Keith Brian. or Brian? Brian. 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 Do you play or pass? 
I'm going to pass. Okay, Keith, player pass. pass. Pass, please. The answer is George Holiday. Oh. A day of celebration. <laughs> <laughs> I had fun in writing that one. <laughs> okay. All right. Wanda? What? Well, she missed it, so. Okay, okay. It goes to whom? They both passed, so it'll go to Brian. Brian. Brian, do you want PCB Pierce for 100? Do you want um, World Geography? Uh, Let's go to World Geography. Okay. For what? There's 20, 60, 80, and 100. Well, let's start with 20. Okay. More than 4,300 miles in length, it is the longest river in South America. What is the Amazon? You are correct. Next question. Tony? Yes. At this point, there's only one, two, three, four questions left. Should we recap the scores? Yes, why don't we do that? That's a good idea. Okay. Londa has 300, Keith has 380, and Brian has 350. We are knotted, pretty much. They are close. Okay. So, we have 40, 60, 80. Nope. 60, 80, and 100. 40 was asked earlier. Oh, yes. Yes, it was. Okay. 60, 80, and 100, and then 100 in peers. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, what do you choose? Um, Uh, Let's do world geography for 60. Okay. You'd never think it, but this continent is the has the largest amount of fresh water. What is Antarctica? You are correct. Antarctica. You estimate that it holds almost 60% of the world's fresh water. All right, next question. Um, let's stay in world geography for 80. 80. Located off its east coast, it is the largest African island. What is Madagascar? You are correct for 80 points. And now um, we have... Do world geography for 100. Okay, very good. If suddenly you found yourself in Timbuktu, you'd be in this... You'd be in this West African country. I don't know. Okay. And um, would it go to Londa? Uh, Londa, yeah. Yeah. Londa, would you pass or play? I am going to pass. Okay. Keith. Pass. Pass. The answer is Molly. Molly, on the west coast of Africa. Okay. And so... This is Londa's question, because she's This is Londa's right question. Now. Okay, Londa, this is the last question. Uh, no pressure, Londa, but uh, you have 300 right now. Keith has 380, and Brian has 390. So if you get this, <laughs> you have 400. <laughs> oh, it, it comes down to this, doesn't it? Here's what I'll do. It's important that I emphasize three words in this question. 
I will try and do that. PCB peers for 100. This peer enjoys the summers and is always ready to give her time and sage advice. Who is Jackie Wissinger? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nope. The answer, uh, whoa, whoa. Nope. does it go to? It goes to Keith. Keith? Who is Spicer? No, I'm sorry. Okay. Brian, do you play or pass? I, I pass. You pass. And I thank our convention coordinator for this question. Who is Suzanne Erb? <laughs> Suzanne Erb. So. Fine. Oh. Time. I should, <laughs> perhaps I should have spelled that, but Sage. <laughs> <laughs> Time. <laughs> Time, of course, uh, spelled as T H Y M E. I should have Yeah. Yeah. So our final scores are what? 200, 280, 390. And who wins? Brian. Brian, congratulations. But we have a departing gift for everyone. And that is, and I know Chris likes, <laughs> <laughs> likes it said that way. Um, the winner will win a box that is three bags. And the other two will win a single bag of stuffed puffs. And I thank you for joining us this evening. You were all great contestants, and I hope you had fun. And uh, so I guess now you can mute, and we're going to get our next contestants on. Thank you all. Let me just say who our next contestants are so we can line them up. We have Shelly Miller. We have um, Marty Matthews, and we have Bob Lichtenfels. Our first contestant, Shelley Miller, has been a member of ACB since 1984. She joined when she was two. <laughs> she was the president of ACB of New York from 1996 through 98. She has worked in the fields of independent living, customer service, and mental health counseling, and has been a native Pittsburgher since 2015. She's married and has one teenage son. Shelley, thanks for joining us. Good luck, okay? Our second contestant is Marty Matthews. She is a native Pittsburgher who graduated from Carnegie Mellon University in music and Point Park University in computer science. She was a computer programmer for 19 years, and she tells me she's excited about playing Jeopardy. Marty, welcome aboard. Thank you. I hope you can hear me. Oh, we can hear you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Our third contestant is Bob Lichtenfels, who's been married for 23, <laughs> 23 years and has a 10-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. and three-year-old seeing-eye dog, two-year-old cat, and he's currently employed at PNC Bank as an accessibility engineer. Now, 
let me get our categories. Here we go. The categories are fairy tales, odds and ends, basic science, popular television comedies, classic advertising lines, and children's toys. Okay. And Shelley, you were picked ahead of time. You will be our first contestant. And I'd like popular television comedies for 40, please, Tony. In MASH, Hawkeye Pierce regarded this town in Maine as home. What is Crabapple Cove, Maine? You are correct. You are correct for 40 points. Let me have the same for 30, please, Tony. You just hit the Daily Double, and you can wager up to 100 points. I'm going to do it. I'll wager 100. The whole 100? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, comedies for 30. Often, Archie Bunker referred to his son-in-law, Mike, as this. (laughs) What is a meathead? (laughs) Meathead for $100. (laughs) Okay, you're next. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get it for 50? Popular television comedy. 50. Okay. All right. (laughs) In Family Ties, he was Alex P. Keaton's idol. Uh, Who was Ronald Reagan? No, uh, I was afraid people would think that, but uh, um, let's see. We go to Marty. Marty, do you play or pass? Uh, I'll pass. You'll pass. Bob? Repeat that question, please. Sure. In Family Ties, he was Alex P. Keaton's idol. Who is Milton Freeman? No, I'm sorry. No, no. They're past it. <laughs> yep. See, the, the answer is Richard Nixon. Nixon, they, yes. Okay. Yeah, and they thought at first in the series of using Ronald Reagan, but because he was a contemporary president, they decided not to. Got it. Um, but yeah, Richard Nixon. So play goes to. Let's see. Well, Shelly Shelley missed it. Marty passed. So does Marty get it? Yes, Marty gets it. Okay. Okay. Marty's turn. Marty, what category would you like? Do you want to review the categories? No, that's okay. Um, <clears throat> odds and ends for 10. The name of this fruit derives from its color. What is an orange? Orange is correct. Yes. Next. Uh, okay, I'll try odds and ends for 20. Odds and ends for 20. This geometric shape is generally used for a stop signs. What is a parallelogram? No, I'm sorry. Um, where would it go? I guess Bob has no points, Bob, correct? Yeah. Bob's in the hole here. Yeah, Bob. What is an octagon? Octagon. That is correct. And you have play now. You can choose the next question. Uh, we'll go with odds and ends. For 30? 30, yeah. 30? Okay. A clown is the mascot of this American fast food restaurant chain. What is McDonald's? That is correct. Ronald McDonald. For a long time. Residence 40. All right. This alcoholic drink. Oh, here we go, Bob. This alcoholic (laughs) drink is chiefly made from juniper berries. 
like to go back to that brewery question from the last game. Um, <laughs> I had that. I'm going to pass this. You're going to pass? I'm going to okay. pass it. Uh, it goes to Marty or goes yeah, Marty. To Marty. Marty. Marty, do you p- play or pass? What's the question? This alcoholic drink is chiefly made from juniper berries. My pass. Okay. Shelly? What is gin? That is gin. Bob, I've sat beside you drinking gin and tonics all these years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry about that, Bob. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so, Shelly? Let's go with classic advertising lines for 30, please. In this category, what I'll do is read the line, and you will tell me the product or company. Okay. Classic lines for thir- um, classic ad lines for 30. The milk chocolate that melts in your mouth, not in your hand. What is M&M's? M&M's is correct for 30. Okay. Let's go with classic advertising lines for 40, please. For 40. Fly the friendly skies of this. What is United Airlines? United Airlines is correct. Shelly? Classic advertising lines for 20, please. 20. Where's the beef? What is Wendy's? Wendy's is correct. I think you have three in a row, right? Yep. Let's go to Children's Toys for 30, please. For 30. Children's Toys. This toy was the first to be advertised on television and made appearances in the Toy Story films. Who is Mr. Potato Head? You are correct for 30. Children's I... Toys for 40, please. Tony, that's five. Oh, oh is that I'm five? sorry. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yep, five. So we count, the one, we count the one that she got that the others passed on. That's right. That's right. Okay. Thank, thank you so much. Who has the lowest score? Um, Bob. Poor Bob. I'm going to buy you a gin and tonic, <laughs> Bob. It's up to you. What category would you like? I think the classic lines for fifty still available. Is that? Look, Ma. No cavities. What is Crest? What is Crest toothpaste? You are correct. Yeah, you're too young for that, Bob. <laughs> I've been told I'm an old soul, Tony. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> okay. Choose another um, category. The, the comedies. There were some comedies left, right? I think. Yes. 10 and 20. 10 we'll and we'll 20. go with 10 for the comedies. The Jeffersons was a spinoff from this television show. What is Good Times? No, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Marty? Yep. The Jeffersons. Will you play or pass? Uh, I'll play. Okay. Um. What is all in the family? All in the family is correct. All right. Your next question, oh. Marty. Okay. Let's get, have a, what do we have in fairy tales? What am I? All right. Okay. For 10. Abandoned by their parents for the second time, Hansel and Gretel left these to mark a trail back home. What are breadcrumbs? Breadcrumbs is correct for 10. Okay. Might as well go with it for 20. Okay. Fairy tales for 20. In the tale of the three Billy Goats Gruff, 
This lives under the bridge which the goats must cross. What is a troll? Troll is correct for 20. Okay. Go to 30. Go to 30. In the Cinderella tale, a golden carriage was created from this. What is a banana? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not the one I read. Um, (laughs) Who do we go to? Go to Bob? Uh, Yes. Okay. Bob? Bob wants nothing to do with this, so he's going to pass it. Bob (laughs) is going to pass. Shelly? What is a pumpkin? Pumpkin is correct. (sighs) Shelly? Fairy tales for 40. Fairy tales for 40. In the tale of the ugly duckling, these birds aroused the admiration of the duckling. What are swans? Swans is correct for 40. Very good. Let's go for 50. 50. In the tale of Snow White, the dwarves constructed the coffin from this material. Her coffin from this material. Oh, gosh. What is forest grass? I don't know. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Bob? Fasten it. Marty? Could you say the question again, please? In the tale of Snow White, the dwarves constructed her coffin from this material. What are pine cones? No, I'm sorry. The answer is glass. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to see her. Because she remained beautiful. That's right. Yeah. You know, the, I just finished a book on, on the Grimm brothers themselves. <laughs> they were grim. They were grim. Very grim. Very grim. <laughs> yeah. They're a little twisted. All, those, all, all, right. those Disney, all those Disney versions really sweetened things up. Oh, they, they, grim, did. Grim. they did. If, yeah. if you read the originals, they're, they're <laughs> terrifying. Um what who do we go to now uh at this point low score is marty marty um we have odds and ends for 50 and we have all of basic science we have popular comedies for 20 classic advertising lines for 10 and uh children's toys for 10 20 40 and 50 okay marty Okay, well... I I don't see her now. Okay. Um, would someone step in from the audience? Does, is there anyone out there? Hi, Betty Pasinati for Philadelphia. Would you stand in for, for Marty? Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. That means I've got to get Marty a bag, no matter what happens. <laughs> and you too, Betty. Okay. Um, so, where were we? We were we going have- to- Odds and ends for 50. Okay. We've got basic science, all of them. Pop comedies for 20. Classic advertising lines for 10. Children's toys for 10, 20, 40, and 50. Betty, you're playing... Uh, Classic advertising lines. Okay. Classic ad lines. Only one left is 10. So so we have 10 from classic lines? Yeah. Yes. 
situation. Add lines. Okay, 10. All right. It takes a licking, but keeps on ticking. Yes, Timex watches. Timex watches. And that's it for that category. Yep. Um, let's see. Odds and ends. Do we have any in yeah. that? Uh, 50. 50. I'll go with odds and ends. Am I still up? Yep. Yep. Okay, odds and ends. Okay, this is a tough one. 50. Area 51 is located in this western state. Hi. Hmm. I'll say New Mexico. No, that's not correct. Uh, Bob? Bob? Uh, Why is Nevada? Nevada is correct. Okay. Yeah, Nevada. New Mexico is where they say the aliens landed, but they took... That's kind of what I thought. That's what I was thinking. Roslyn. Roswell. Roslyn. Roswell. And they took them to Nevada. Goes the story. Okay. Okay. All right, Bob. Basic science. There's some left in children. Yeah, basic science for 10. Okay, basic science. This envelope of gases surrounds the Earth. What is the atmosphere? Correct. I was afraid you were going to overthink that one. (laughs) (laughs) Almost did. (laughs) I'll go for 20. 20. This 19th century biologist proposed the theory of evolution through natural selection. It was Darwin. It was Charles Darwin. Correct. 30. 30. This tissue connects muscle to bone. Uh, what are tendons? Tendons. That is correct for 30. All right, 50. Plants need this gas to perform photosynthesis. Uh, what is chlorophyll? No. Betty, do you play or pass? Oh, dear. Um, you, you can play or pass. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll play. I think carbon dioxide. You are correct for 50. Oh, my God. You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) And that category is run, isn't it? No, we skipped 40. Okay. Um, So the question goes to Betty. Betty. What would you like? You would like this category, uh, children's toys. I think there are still a few left. Children's toys and pop comedy still has 20. And pop comedy. Pop comedy. Um, boy, I'll go with the uh, pop comedies. Okay, and for 20. 20. Running for 11 seasons, this show took its name from a Boston drinking establishment where everybody knows your name. What is Cheers? It's Cheers for 20. You are correct. Okay. Um, Science for 40 and children's toys are all that's left. Yep. Uh, I guess I'll go with the toys. Okay. And which ones? Everything's uh, left but 30. Okay. Everything but 30? Yeah. Everything but 30. I guess I'll go with 20. 20. The Twister made use of this device to determine who stands where. Yeah, I'm going to have to pass. Okay. Bob, do you play or pass? I'm going to pass. Okay. Shelly. I I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. The answer is, what is a spinner? 
Oh, the spinner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about overthinking. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. <laughs> so now it goes to Bob. Back, well, back to Betty. Oh, back to She's Betty. She's lower score. Okay. Betty? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, what have we left? You have 10, in, 10 40, and 50 in toys. And... <laughs> I'll go with 10. I can't miss with that, baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they may wobble. But they won't fall down. Here. What is it, top? No, I'm sorry. Uh, Bob? Bob? What is it, Weeble? Weeble. Weeble. Oh. Weeble is correct for 10 points. All right, we'll go up to 40 in that category. All right. Children's Toys for 40. This mechanical drawing toy was invented by Frenchman Andre Cousin. In the late 1950s. What is an Etch-A-Sketch? You are correct for 40. Go to 50. Go to 50. This this action figure's most notable feature was that it could be stretched from its original size to nearly five feet. What is Stretch Armstrong? Stretch Armstrong. You are correct for 50 points. All right. We'll go to that science for 40. In a circus act, a funambulist walks on this. I'd say, what is a tightrope? You are correct. And that is it for single jeopardy. Shelley has 270. Bob has 200. And Betty's at minus 50. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> All right. And so our last categories of the night, here they are. <laughs> The categories are Finishing 80s Pop Song Lines, U.S. Social History, Odds and Ends, It's Just a Myth, It's Got Appeal, and Sounds Like a Letter. All right, you've heard the categories. Betty, you're with the lowest score. You <laughs> choose the category and the point value. Tony? Yeah. Should you clarify that that uh, category, it's got appeal, is spelled? Yeah, a I will do space. that when we. Yeah, oh, okay. it's A dash P E E L. And um, I was going to wait till we got to that category, but that's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, my. Um, I, I'll go with the. Uh, I guess I'll try the appeal for 20. Okay. It's got appeal. And remember, it's P-E-E-L for 20. Before cooking that ear of corn, first, you remove its... Uh, what is it? Husk. Husk is correct for 20. Next. I guess I'll say with appeal for um, maybe 30. Uh, 40. That would be oh, the Oh, 40. Next. All right. Yeah. We're in double jeopardy. Oh, that's right. It's double. Okay. If you've got one foot in the grave, and the other on this, you probably don't have long for the world. I don't know the proverb. I think I'll pass. All right. Bob? It's Bob, right? Yes. Okay, Bob? You've got one foot in the grave, and another on this. You probably don't have long for this world. You play or pass? I'm passing it. Okay. Shelley? 
What is a banana peel? Banana peel is correct for I 40. Don't say that. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm kidding okay. about overthinking. Okay. Let me go for finishing 80s pop lines for 30, please, Tony. Okay. For f- for 40? 30. 3 zero. No, no, no. This is double check. Oh, 40. 40. I'm sorry. You're right. 40. Okay. 40. Phil Collins sang, Oh, think twice. It's another day for you. You and me in what is paradise? Paradise for 40. Correct. Uh, we'll go for 60, please. 60. The Jay Giles band sang, My blood runs cold. My memory has just been sold. My angel is the. What is a centerfold? Centerfold. You know your 80s. And that is from center. I was a teenager in the 80s, of course. Right. <laughs> okay, finish 80s pop lines for 100, please. For 100. Oh, boy. Kim Carnes once sang, She'll take a tumble on you, roll you like you were. What is dice? She's dice. got Ben Dave, is that? <laughs> Right. Tony, was that 80 or 100? That was 100. Okay. Now, what would you like next? U.S. social history for 20, please. All right. U.S. social history for 20. There's a daily double on this one. Let me me bet 100. I'll bet 100. 100. Okay. Yes, please. All right. In 1971, advertising of this product was, I'm sorry, (coughs) was banned on U.S. television. What are cigarettes? Cigarettes for $100. And that's about what they cost. Um, That's five consecutive. Five consecutive. Okay. So now it goes to Betty or Bob? Okay. Betty. Betty? Yes. Choose. Yes. Yes. Can you repeat the categories, please? Okay. Let's see. We have questions in all of them. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll try the social history. You for, uh, social history. Yeah, I'll do it for 40. Okay. For 40. In 1981, this popular teenage-oriented cable TV channel was launched. What is MTV? MTV for 40. You are correct. Okay. Next. Yep. Uh, I guess I'll do uh, yeah, social, security, uh, social Security. Social History for 20. <laughs> uh, no, not for 20. You did 20. I, think I, guess I'll go with, I guess I'll go with 60 then. 60. Okay. In 1992, this largest mall in the U.S. opened. What is the Mall of America? Mall of America for 60. You are correct. Okay. Next question. And I have a social history, I guess, for 80. For 80. This man was known for installing the first elevator in the United States. Um, but I believe it was Otis. Otis. Elisis Otis. You are correct. Okay. Um, you don't have five in a row yet. Um, <laughs> never happened. Uh, we are... A- <laughs> Okay. Uh, we, we have any more left in social history? We do 100. have 100. <laughs> Might as well. Okay. It was in this year that the Ford Model T entered production. 
I think maybe 1903. Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. No. Um, right. Bob? It's Bob, right? Bob. Yep. Yeah, what is 1906? No, I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> Shelly, do you play or pass? I'm going to pass. Okay. You guys are fairly close. 1908. Oh. 1908. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So Betty got it wrong. Then it goes to Bob. Bob got it. Well. Oh, got Bob it. got it wrong, too. So it goes yeah. to Shelly. I'm sorry. Go to Shelly. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Shelly. Odds and ends for 60, please. You've got a strategy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but you've got yeah, a strategy. She's good. She's good. For 60. Legend says that you can fend off a werewolf with this precious metal. Oh. What is silver? Silver is correct for 60. Oh. I was not sure. Odds and ends for 80, please. For 80. This late doctor turned novelist authored, among other books, Jurassic Park. Who is Michael Crichton? Michael Crichton for 80. You are correct. Um, next question, please. Uh, is there anything left in social history? Or did oh. we kill it? How about finishing 80s pop? Okay. Okay, 20 or 80. I'll take 80, please. Irene Cara saying, All alone I have cried, silent tears full of pride, in a world made of steel, made of... Made of what is stone. Stone. Flash dance. What a feeling. Yes. Okay, that's 80. 80 points for you. Uh, Next. Uh, So, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Odds and ends for, we got any left? 20, 40, and 100. I'll take 100, please. Hmm. Odds and ends for 100. In ballet... Bending at the knees is known as what? As this. What is plie? Plie, you are correct for 100. Oh, girl. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, How many questions do you have so far? What, three? Yeah. Three or four? I think think three. Three. Okay. Um, Can I have the odds and ends again? For whatever's left, <laughs> please. Which I think and 20. Okay, for 40, please, then. Thank you. Okay. Odds and ends for 40. There are this many keys on a standard grand piano. What is 88? You are correct. You are correct. Now you have odds and ends 20. You have. How about um, it's got a peel for 40? Did we do, or is that there? We did appeal for 40. Okay, how about 60? So we're not doing 20 on odds and ends. No. Okay, I just got to scratch it out, so. (laughs) Okay, we're appeal for, did you say 60 or 80? I said 60, please. 60. 60. Thanks, Blair. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Okay. To extract its contents, first, tap it gently but firmly against the lip of a bowl to crack its... What is its shell? Correct. Eggs. Yes, shell. We were thinking eggshell. Okay, that's correct. Five no, that's five. Yeah. Okay. 
So now we go to whom? Betty. Betty. Betty, you've got... Uh, We're about halfway through this. You want a recap on scores? Yes. Shelly has 1,030. Bob has 100. Betty has 10. Okay. Shelly's world. We're all just living in it. <laughs> <laughs> what have we left? We have 20 in songs, 20 in odds and ends. Everything in It's Just a Myth, 80 and 100 in Appeal, and Everything in Sounds Like a Letter. Sounds Like a Letter. Oh, yeah, I haven't tried that. I'll try Sounds Like a Letter for 20. Sounds Like a Letter. All right. This is a word that could also be a letter in the alphabet, okay? Okay. I know that you didn't get uh, as much explanation as the others, so just letting you know that. For 20. Avoid getting stung when studying for a spelling. B. What is B? You are correct. Next question. Uh, Well, I guess forty for the the letter. Okay, forty. Place your ball on this to start your golf game after you've enjoyed a crumpet and a warm cup of this. What is T? T is correct. Sue really helped me with this. Thank you, Sue. Um, next. I guess 60. <laughs> you hit the daily double. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now you can wager up to 200, even though you don't have 200. Well, right, maybe I'll go with one. 100. 100. Okay. For $100. Uh, points. <laughs> no dollars. Yeah. No dollars. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Whether on the Mediterranean or Caspian, you are sailing on this. What is a C? C. You are correct. Next. I guess I'll go with the letters. Okay. Uh, what, 80? For 80. Very good. In surprise, you might utter. Oh, what is O? You, yes. O for 80. Okay. And Am I supposed? Yeah, you have one more left. You can run this. Yes, I'll finish. Category? Okay. Yep. You want 100? Yeah, sure. Okay. Here, we stand in line. But in Britain, they stand in a... What is a Q? Q. You ran the whole... And that's for $100. Uh, 100 points. <laughs> want to keep giving money away okay so we go to bob and you can choose we've got two in appeal we've got all of just a myth and we still have one in songs let's do the songs let's do the songs songs for 20 20 yep that's all that's left sting sang every move you make Every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be. What is watching you? Watching you is correct. That's correct. Okay. You've got to play. So let's go to the appeal category. Okay. What's left in there? 80 and 100? 80? 80 and 100. Let's go to 80. 80. Boil it, bake it, mash it, and even its outer blank makes for good eating. What is a potato? Potato. Potato skins. Potato skins. Correct. Um, next. 
It's about 100. In this jazz standard, the lady declares to her man, I'm getting hungry. Peel me a... I got nothing to lose. What's an oyster? No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Betty, do you play or pass? I'll pass. Okay. Shelly? Oh, I don't know for sure. How about, what is an apple? No. Yeah. No, no. It is a grape. A grape. Is it, yeah. Was it Billy Holiday? No, no, no. Was, no. Uh, well, Diana yeah. probably is best known for Peel Me a Grape. So uh, where do we go now? Uh, let's see. Betty. I missed it. So, yeah, Betty. Uh-huh. Betty. Okay. And you have um, all of It's Just a Myth. Anything else? I think yeah. that's it. 20 and odds and ends. Oh, uh, so you got that in odds and ends, and it was just a myth. Well, we'll start slowly. I'll go with 20 in the myth. Mm-hmm. A cyclops would have this many eyes. But it's one. One. You are correct. Next yes, choice. I'll go yes, I'll go with 40. 40. This cataclysmic event is depicted in both the Bible and Greek mythology. What is the flood? The flood or the great flood, yes. Um, your next choice? Yes, I'll go with 60. 60. This mythological object gave birth to the expression, beware of Greeks bearing gifts. What is the Trojan horse? Trojan horse, you are correct. You are correct. Your next choice? I guess I'll, I guess I'll go with 80. Okay. <clears throat> The Greek god Eros is the god of this emotion. Eros. Oh, what is, uh, yeah, what is uh, love? Love. Love. That's right. What is love? Is that accepted? I mean, it's sexy love. (laughs) Well, now it's... Okay. Well, well. I guess I'll finish her up with 100. Okay. This low-hanging weapon symbolizes... Ever present impending doom. <clears throat> uh, no, and I'll kick myself. I think I'll pass. Okay. I don't know it. Uh, Bob? Yeah, I'm playing with house money now. What's a dagger? No, I'm sorry. Shelly, will you play or pass? I'll pass. Okay. What is the sword of Damocles? Oh, the sword of Damocles. Oh. All right. Okay. Now we have just one clue left, correct? Yes. And that is in odds and ends for twenty. Does that go to me? Or? I think yes, because um, Betty missed and Bob tried and missed, so I would say it goes to Shelley, right, Tony? Right. Right. So. Okay. Odds and ends for 20. And this is the last clue, and then we'll total up the scores. Once referred to as the parlor, today we refer to it as... What is the living room? Living room is correct for 20. And Blair, if you can give us the final scores. Shelley has 950, Bob has zero, and Betty has 450. Thanks for taking it easy on us, Shelly. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) 
nice, nice game, Betty and Shelly. Congratulations, yes. Betty. Congratulations, Cheryl. I broke I think- even. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Bob. You did wonderful. <laughs> you did. You're fine. Yeah. I'll be You're wonderful right. in a few minutes when I can go to sleep. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Got to work, probably. <laughs> Yeah. I, uh, I I thank uh, I thank the three of you and um, thank you Tony. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah. You worked hard, you can tell. And Marty, I'm sorry. Thank you, Blair. <laughs> Everyone did great. Yeah, thanks, Everyone Blair. Everyone did great. Fun, now, fun night. Before we close out. I just want to thank everyone. I want to apologize to to Marty. Those yeah. things do happen. Um, uh, she she was great while she lasted. We'll put it that way. <laughs> and I'd like to to thank GTCB again for their sponsorship. I'd like to thank Sherry Crum, who was uh, instrumental in guiding me in all kinds of uh, Jeopardy rules. A um, a special thanks to Blair, uh, my partner, who made the whole thing work because he kept track of everything. And Blair, I truly appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank Sue, who helped me with uh, a lot of these questions. And um, I wish everybody a good night. And we, I'm going to turn it over to Sue. Sue? Well, I just want to say that on behalf of GTCB, um, the two winners will be getting $25 for winning. Oh! Oh! Wow! Hey! And and they will all get stuffed puffs. So, and I want to make sure that that Marty gets them too. So, Sue, do you have any uh, parting words for the night? Um, we'll be back here tomorrow morning at nine a.m. for Rise for a Prize. So, if you haven't gotten enough trivia tonight, come in the morning, and we'll give you some prizes if you get the trivia right. 9 a.m. Thank you all very much. Have a great night.